On today's show, we are getting to know Matt. But first, a word from today's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and to start feeling better because you, dear listeners, deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are the greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Getting to Know You Pod listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash getting the number two. No, the letter U. It's just like the pod's name. That's betterhelp.com slash getting to know you. The link's in the description. AndrePsyche.com is gone, but Andre Psyche, the man on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, is alive and thriving. You're going to want to follow and message Andre. Why? Because he is the freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up. It's Andre Psyche the next time you're looking to add some creative stimulation to your social media circle. Listeners, listen up. Get 25% off your order at ShadyRays.com by using the promo code GETTING. Use GETTING, G-E-T-T-I-N-G, when checking out to get 25% off on the best sunglasses around. You see, Shady Rays takes extreme pride in their multi-layered lens technology, which is made for high visibility and strength to be shadow-resistant. And with free shipping and a lifetime lost or broken protection warranty, why would you choose any other brand? Go get you a pair, or fuck it too, by going to ShadyRays.com, perusing their polarized sunglasses, and then using the promo code GETTING when you check out to save 25% of your total. Support the Getting to Know You Pod's creative endeavors for as little as $2 a month on our Patreon. Your money will go towards the cost of producing, distributing, and improving the quality of this podcast. Again, you can go to our Patreon, links in the description, and for as little as $2 a month, you, yes you, can have a part in supporting the Getting to Know You Pod's mission of getting to know all sorts of new and interesting people. Two bucks, a little too much? Well, here are three, three ways to help. I don't know why I find that so clever. (laughs) Push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the pod on. Friend or follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Go to Apple. Write a review. Those, dear listeners, will cost you nothing but your time and will mean so much to the pod's growth. And now, Getting to Know You. Hello. Getting to Know You. 
I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. And Matt might be the only man in the world who is worse at technology than I am. <laughs> we have, man, that Zoom, so that Zoom almost kicked our ass. We uh, we had maybe 20 minutes of figuring out how we could get it going. We're recording on Facebook Messenger. Matt, thank you so much for uh, letting people, coming on and letting people get to know you, man. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. I'm happy to do it. I mean, I listen to... Evan's uh, Evan's podcast with you, and man, I was like, dude, I like this guy. I have to be, I'd love to be on it because it, me and Evan are really good friends. We've known each other for about ten years without actually ever meeting each other in person. Oh no! How did that happen? <laughs> so, <laughs> how that happened was all right. So, I am an adaptive. Adaptive is the correct term for people with disabilities. Okay. So I do um, I do CrossFit and I do MMA. But back when I was in high school, I started my high school's wrestling team. Like we didn't we didn't have a wrestling team until me and a bunch of my friends got together and started fighting for one. Come to find out we didn't even have to fight for one. <laughs> the school so, was just so that was something and, and I I, I don't know. I get bad at asking questions in the middle of stories and then people get diverted. But that was something right. I had seen on a YouTube video that I thought was pretty cool that you're someone with a disability who's asking the school to start a combat team. <laughs> I was like, how right. fucking confident and kick-ass is that for someone in high school to be doing that? Not Not like a grown man, but just with all the high school emotions – and the insecurities right. that everyone has for someone right. like you to yeah. want to start that, man. I thought that was awesome. I appreciate that, man. And see, that all comes from my upbringing, from my parents and all. But I'll get into that more. But <laughs> so um, I started the high school wrestling team. It It's become something much bigger than I ever thought I would imagine. But anyway, so my wrestling coach, who was also in the, in the Army, he was a... a Green Beret and a Special Forces Ranger and all that. Like, dude's a jiu-jitsu black belt. Like, he's a badass, right? Right. And I and I always say, like, without him, there would be no me. There would be no there would be no athlete version. But so he knew a guy that was in Pennsylvania that I guess he was in the army with or something that uh, owned an MMA gym and that had a guy that was fighting professionally and all. And so he reached out to that guy's coach, and the guy turned out to be Evan. And so the coach, you know, told him a little bit of my story, and he knew Coach Greer. And so he was like, it'd be pretty cool if you, like, sent him something. So Evan sends me this framed picture of him in the cage with a message that said, "See, hope to see you in the cage someday. Oh, and from that point on, me and him have been just – we connected through social media and him with him doing his podcast. And also we just kind of been friends ever since. And man, we keep in touch to this day. Like, and I feel like he's one of my, um, 
jujitsu with MMA big brothers. Like, and I've never physically met them. But I mean, I've talked to them. I've talked to them a lot. So it's like, right? it's pretty much like he is. Dude, that's beautiful. That like those kind yeah. of connections, man. And um, I, I think people can underestimate. And Evan and I had spoken about this, and he definitely does not lack confidence, right? Like that dude right. has got some great confidence. He's got great wisdom. And I think it could be very easy for him or someone like him to be I, – I guess he technically was a professional, right, because he was getting paid. But he was trying to go further. He didn't hit the limit. He didn't get as high up in MMA as he wanted to. It would be easy right. to think, like, I don't have any impact I'm a loser, whatever. I'm not. I'm not reaching my goals. But instead, he's sending out messages, trying to empower other people. Man, it's like just a beautiful mindset and positive right. energy and I, to send out there. And I thought that was so cool. As a matter of fact, he's actually going to be in episode two of my YouTube show. Okay. Because he he helped me out with the situation that I was trying to get to, and I, I'm not going to give much away about it. But he literally said. When his coach asked him about it, he was like, dude, I'm nobody. He was like, I, he's like, I'm, I still live nobody. But he was like, cool, I'll do it. Right. And ever since he did it, you know, like we've, like I said, we've been in touch and close ever since. Yeah. And that, that's because he's that kind of humble too. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think that's the thing that I, I like to try to remind myself is even if you are a nobody, you're still a somebody to someone. As like right, stupid exactly. as that sounds, but you, you never know, man. And it's beautiful that you can take a picture like that. And then someone like you can be inspired to dig deeper, reach further, try something that may, normally, yeah. I guess you wouldn't have tried, huh? Training like that. Cause yeah. your arms look good, dude. You came with the cutoff t-shirt. I almost rolled my <laughs> sleeves up. I, was like, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much my whole wardrobe, man. I'm in the gym all day, pretty much. Gotcha. Because I help, I help at my a friend of mine's gymnastic studio, so I help her teaching oh. kids. I'm her, her strength and conditioning coach because she's worked out with me before and she saw what I was capable of. Gotcha. And I have my uh, level one. I mean, I mean, I have my adaptive CrossFit certification, which means I can help. Uh, adaptives with CrossFit training. Okay. Like I'm a, I can be an adaptive coach in CrossFit. I, I but, had no idea that was a thing. Like that was a yeah, route of certification. It is. Okay. Which is really cool because it applies to kids so well. Like a lot of the adaptive stuff does because they're, they're uh, every, every one of their bodies is developing differently. So like it really helps me be able to help them so she brought me on as her strength and conditioning coach so not only am i training crossfit with MMA and all that so i'm also doing that so i'm in the gym pretty much gotcha all day so so you also have the world's most comfortable working clothes that you have to wear yeah pretty much see i'm a teacher i'm I'm going button up and ties i'm like one of the only teachers in my school that still does the button ups ties and like chino pants and I'm right. I'm getting ready to just call it a like call it a career and go straight <laughs> polos and shorts. Like I'm yeah. You're a basketball coach, right? So I'm surprised you didn't start doing that yeah, earlier. Man, I, right? Like it's there for me. I've got the built-in yeah. excuse to just go like that's windbreakers what, and hoodies. Yeah, Belichick that's style. What my, that's what all my coaches wore. Right. Like all throughout 
every every bit of school, every phase of school. That's what literally all my coaches were, except for Coach Greer, because he was the ROTC instructor, so he had to wear his uniform. So, and was is that the wrestling coach, the Green Beret? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Tell me a little more about him, or the like, the how the wrestling came to be. Did you approach him? Um, did he approach so, you? This is this is how it started. I live in I live in small town Georgia, the deep south. So the big thing down here is football, right? Right. So I'm thinking, and my dad loved football. My dad loved uh, all sports pretty much, and my dad was my biggest inspiration to me. He he was my superhero. He was my best friend, all that. So I'm thinking, all right, I gotta, I want to do a sport. I was like. And my dad loves football, so I'm going to try to figure out if I can football or not. Obviously, the school, I wasn't, at the time, I wasn't, you know, going to worry the school about it because I didn't know how to go about trying to get on the team because I, I kind of figured it was going to be really hard. Can I, and but, I, I should pause you for a minute because I did a terrible job setting the stage. We've said adaptive a couple of times, and that's the appropriate term for disability, just right. so people listening can kind of picture what's going on. Can you describe or tell people about the disability first? Okay. So I have cerebral palsy, which is a neural disorder that affects parts of the brain or, or that parts of the brain didn't develop where you lose parts of the brain that are supposed to connect with the certain muscles didn't connect. So it affects, but I, I will say this, that I am one of the lucky ones that didn't, you know, it affects the way I walk, a little bit of my motor skills and my balance. And that's about to the extent that it goes. And I have like, I do have like uh, hamstring issues and stuff like mobility and flexibility. But other than that, I can do, I can walk, I can work out, I can do all that. But and for some everybody's CP case is different, but that just happens to be what mine is. Gotcha. Yeah. So, dude, the guts. So, so I've I've taught several students with cerebral palsy, and um, it, it's one of them actually was the football manager, a young lady, and that that's what I did. I yeah. was gonna go into that. Yeah. That's right. What so. I ended up doing. The way she embraced, the way she didn't let her disability hold her back and her positive attitude was so infectious and an inspiration to everyone, man. Like I, I freaking, she actually is about, I think she's about to graduate high school this year. She like, I, I just love that girl. She, she inspires, yeah. she inspired all the people yeah. around her. So I'm sorry, but I just wanted listeners to understand if they're trying to picture, well, what is Matt's disability? While right, he tries right, to go that, out for football with terrible hamstrings. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. So how the how that started out was like, all right, I know I can't be on the football team, but then I found out, you know, managers was a, was a thing. So I went and asked. I was in middle school at the time, and I went and asked our football coach, could I do it? And he was like, yeah. He was like, maybe. Get a note from your mom <laughs> or, and, and your doctor, you know, saying do it so of course they did and then i went back to him and he was like 
I don't know if we'll be able to use you. I, I don't know if it was he was worried about me or if it was because I didn't stick around to ask him any questions about it. You know, I didn't try to fight him on it or anything because I was in, I was in what seventh grade, little kid. I really didn't, you know, really didn't. I wasn't worried about it that much. I was like, okay, yeah. cool, on to the next thing. Yeah, right. Your so, attention spans nothing. <laughs> right, right. So the next thing for me was maybe I try out for soccer. Okay. Because so, because I I walk with a hand cane with crutches, so like, and they kept me up, and I could run pretty fast, and you know, so like, for a person in CP, I could run pretty fast, and so I used my canes for you know balance. So I was like, they could help me play soccer. I can hit ball with it. Try it out for soccer. Completely sucked at it. <laughs> It was like, I, it was, and that I said this before on another podcast I've done. It had nothing to do with my disability. It had to do with my ability of not being able to play because <laughs> it, it was it was bad. It, it, Dude, Pete, it, like soccer, it, it's really amazing when you get out there with people who can kind of play. The way they manipulate the ball with their feet, man, their feet are freaking hands. Like the oh, feel yeah. they have, and if you're not used to that, you you just look was, stupid. <laughs> you look stupid then, out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the other thing about it is, it's faster than a lot of people think because you watch it on TV and you think it's going by so slow. Yeah. But when you're out there on the field, it's it's so much faster. Yeah. And that's one. And I don't think I have the strength or the capacity the aerobic capacity that i do now to handle it back then yeah the cardio those dudes go through man i mean miles right. on miles that they just sprint right, right. sprint after that yep. thing and go that's that's why i have a much better appreciation for it now but so that was seventh and eighth grade i got those two things in, and i you know was like okay what do i do now Ninth grade year goes by toward the end of the year. I'm I'm starting to get to get my bearings, you know. I I know pretty much all the coaches and everything. And so I'm like, all right. So end of ninth grade year, I actually did get to become a football manager. Okay. Part of the they were like, Yeah, man, you can come on with us and We'll try you out at summer practice and all that. So summer practice comes along. I do the manager thing. Like, I'm getting the hang of it. And then football season started. And let me tell you, that woke something up in me that I did not know was there until it happened. The aggression? Like, just seeing dudes get lit up? The hype yeah. that I had, like, the energy that I could put into it. Cause like I essentially became the team's hype man. Right. Because I was, I was running up and down the field with the players, <laughs> getting them hyped up, getting the fans hyped up. And it just, it just kind of organically took off. Right. So, so, and like, I did not know I had that in me at all. And, Oh, I forgot to mention before going into high school, I was coming off a major, major surgery. So, like, I spent, um, like, half my eighth grade year 
in a wheelchair because I still hadn't built up the strength again to walk to go to rehab. Was that so? Was it like a corrective? I, I I don't think you can ever. And I'm pretty ignorant to cerebral palsy as far as like the medical stuff, like the details. But the the student I was referring to had to have a surgery her ninth grade year, and basically they were trying to like straighten, make her leg more straight to help with the flexibility, so she could basically be more on balance when she ran. Right. But yeah. it took yeah. her out, dude. She was done for like four or five months, man. It was. She had to yeah. relearn how to walk. Yeah, I've had to do that several times. I've had nine surgeries in total. That's so <laughs> fucking scary, man. Yeah, it was, it's been it's been uh, it's been wild, and I may have to go in for a tenth one. Hopefully not, but. And are maybe. the surgeries to like take away pain? Or what? What is the point of continuing or continuously having um, these surgeries? So, let's see. The it's a lot. It was a lot of muscle issues. So, like I had one that was called heel cord lengthening, where they take the heel cord and they stretch it out to make it more to make it looser. Because my all my muscles are so tight that they. You know, that was one of the major ones that was causing me problems walking and all that. Okay. So by lengthening the heel cord and loosening it up, it made it easier to walk and stuff. And I've also, the major one that I had, my, uh, the major one that I was referring to was my, my hip. Um, the ball of my hip was coming out of socket. Is that common <laughs> with, for, for people with cerebral palsy or is that just because you were so hype on the football field? Or no, wait, this was that before. Was, this was yeah, before. This was, yeah, this was way before. This was fifth grade going into going into middle school. So is that so, just a is that a growth thing? Is that because you're trying to keep up with kids and you're yeah, overusing it's a, it? It's a growth thing and it's also a how much do you use it thing. Okay. And the weight, because I wobble from side to side when I walk a lot. That's what I was thinking. So that that's that's part of what, like, that's a part of what it is. So you're almost so, like yanking on that opposite hip to try to like get it out of socket. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. So God, that's I'll painful. Be, I'll never forget the x-ray because they showed us the x-ray before they did it to show us how bad it was. Because <laughs> I, like, the, the smile on your face just cracked me up when you said it. You were like, I'll never forget how bad it was. <laughs> dude, I'll never forget what it looked like. It was nasty. So, all right. So, this, the listeners can't see this, but you can. So, yeah. my fist is the ball of my hip, right? Uh-huh. So, that is where you're, and this is the socket. So, it's supposed to be connected like this. Mine was hanging off like this. Yeah. So I pretty much was going to lose my leg in a couple of years if I didn't. Yeah, and if people are trying to picture it, so if you try to, whatever, like you give someone a pound. Have you ever tried to give a kid a pound and then they like grab your fist and they go stick shift? Yeah. So imagine yeah. your fist going in stick shift and now you're holding on by like not even knuckles, a thumb. <coughs> yeah, There's no bad. contact. So, God. so the surgery they did was to push it back in and put it back in place. And I had to lay, I had to have a uh, half cat, half body cast on both my legs with a bar in between my knees that was casted inside with that surgery. So 
I was laid up for six months and then had to do homeschool, then wheelchair, got back to school. Makes you just do no wonder your height, man. I mean, like, and, and that's what I think of with the, the girl that I'm, that you keep making me think of is like the joy she had in what's what like people can take for granted of movement. Right. Like no wonder dude, you're on this football field hyped as hell. Cause if you've overcome that from fifth, sixth grade, you're talking about 10, 11 years old sitting there yep. immobile. And now you get yep. to like be a part of the action. No wonder, dude. Yeah. Like it's just coming out of you, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I think. That's exactly what it is. Now that you put it that way, but so yeah, eighth grade goes through, come through the wheelchair thing. High school, like I said, end of ninth grade, start doing the manager thing. End of tenth grade. Wait. So let me go back. So <laughs> high school, I'm doing. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm. I'm being so hyped on the football field. Part of the reason I got to run and do as much as I did on the football field is because after that surgery, that major surgery that I had, I got fat. <laughs> like, I, I, my face was, like, twice the size of, that it is now. Like, I was I was big. And I hated, I hate looking at pictures of people from back then. And I was like, you know what? I got to do something. So... All through summer practices, I'm running up and down the field just to give people what they need that they ask for because I'm naturally running. Right. Matter of fact, when I first moved here, like, I walked so fast that everybody used to tell me to stop running because I just <laughs> naturally walk fast. And I'm like, I'm not even running. I'm just walking. Got gotcha. you. Know? Right. Yeah. Th this is my this is my three. Y'all think I'm at a yeah. 10. This is my three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... So uh, I, you know, summer practice, I'm running up and down the field, giving people what they need, blah, blah, blah. Football season starts, and I'm running up and down the field just because I'm trying to cheer everybody on and running up and down, and I'm sweating just as much as the players, getting everybody hyped on. Like, fun, fun time for me. Like, no doubt. It, it, it's bad now because if I hear our fight song playing, I get chills. <laughs> <laughs> and that's. That's why I can't go back to football. I can't go to football games because I get I get so amped. And it's so different being in the stands than it is Chat. being on the field. I'm just like, I can't. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I still – but uh, so all that goes on for ninth grade year, going into tenth grade year. End of tenth grade year, I know all the, all the coaches and stuff. And um, I started to think, I was like, I need something I can do after rest, after football. I was like, because I didn't want to be a basketball manager just because I felt like, because I knew there wasn't anything physically I was going to get to do as a basketball manager. With at least football, at least I could run up and down the field, you know, and, and get everybody hyped. But with, with basketball managing, I knew I was pretty much going to have to sit there and just hand people water when they needed it or whatever. So I was like, I need something I can do after, after uh, football, and I had, I had just, I had heard whispers of the MMA and what it was and all that, but I had always known about Olympic wrestling because one, I was a fan. Two, I was a fan of pro wrestling. I'm a big, big pro wrestling fan because that was something me and my dad watched all the time. 
And I knew that was that was a good gateway to getting into pro wrestling because originally before MMA, I wanted to do pro wrestling. <laughs> Come to find out years later, I can't run the ropes. So, <laughs> so that took that out the window. But, and I was also a fan of martial arts and we didn't have anything here in town because like, I grew up on Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles right. and all that. So, and Bruce Lee movies, because my dad was a huge Bruce Lee fan. So think about that, dude. I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, it, it's funny. Like your dad's growing up ish with Bruce Lee, and like people like you and me are growing up, coming home watching Power Rangers. How mad would right. Bruce Lee? Like, would Bruce Lee be okay with that? The five colors, right. like it's it's so it's just so fake. But at the same time, it's athletic as hell, man. Like when you're a kid watching Power Rangers. They're gods. They're kung fu yeah. gods, man. Karate gods. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so I was like, hmm, what do I do? And so I'm like, I got to figure something out because I'm not just going to sit and wait for next football season. I, I want to do something else because when we're coming up on my junior year, I was like, I want to be able to do something. So I, I got to thinking about it. I was like, I got to talking to some of my friends and I was like, yo, what do y'all think about a wrestling team? And a bunch of my friends were like, that'd be cool, but uh, you think we could pull it off? I was like, I don't know. I was like, because like I said, I live in a small town, you know, so things are pretty much set or they were back then, you know, especially mm -hmm. with this, how the school goes. So I was thinking, I'm like, they're going to fight us on this. I feel like they're going to fight us on this. I was like, but you know what? If I go ahead and get ready for the fight, then, then I won't worry about it. So I asked my mom one night. I was like, hey, can you put Because my mom is a computer genius <laughs> in my book. So I was like, hey, can you print me up some petition forms? She's like, for what? <laughs> At first she was like, for what? And, I'm, and I told her, I was like, I want to try to get a wrestling team started and I feel like the school's gonna fight us. So I figure if I put if I put a get petition, they they can't fight us for long. That's good planning, and, man. Like always anticipate <laughs> you always anticipate the counter, right? Right. You right, anticipate exactly. at least one move ahead. It's also it's also a product of being told no your entire life. <laughs> so you're just ready like, for the rejection. <laughs> yeah, because me having my having CP, I've heard that a lot. Oh. And matter of fact, my dad, my parents were told when I when they found out that I had CP that I would never walk. Mm. So, and then my dad was like, "No, he's gonna do whatever he wants to do. He's just gonna have to work really hard for it." And he, him, and my mother, I love them to death. They, they uh instilled that in me plus they they were in the military when they had me so i got that military upbringing too so that definitely helped. dude that discipline you, you get that military discipline and you're growing up you are going to be the most coachable the hardest working folk around because you're just about the mission you're about the business yeah. you're about accomplishing you ain't about yeah, that bs exactly. yeah man good exactly. props to your parents and, uh, man. Say what? No, I said props to your parents. I love that mindset of the – I'm sure your father had the foresight of my son's not going to be a victim of this disability. 
he's going to be empowered. And he doesn't want you using it as an excuse. It's like, boy, get up and walk. Yeah, exactly. If you want it, you'll get it. Like, dude, I love, I love parents when they bring that empowerment to their children. And children don't have to have a disability to get that empowerment. But I love when that kind of, that vision is passed on because it, look at what it's done for you, right? It's just giving you confidence in the belief. That, that's what I say, like, and uh, so where was I? I was with Sorry, um, petition. See, I told you, I get people off track on their stories all the time. But no, that's exact. That that's part of the story that I was gonna tell. I just didn't know where. So that's <laughs> <laughs> because I I have more for that. But uh, we were on oh the the wrestling. So yep. the petition. So yeah. I got her to print up some petition forms and the way the way that our school worked is we had you had different groups of kids going to lunch at different times throughout the day. So what I did was that morning, me and all my friends always met up at a certain part of the school. So what I did that morning after she printed them was I handed them a I handed a couple of them a bunch of sheets. It was like, here, y'all get me signed for however long y'all want. If it takes us all day, I'll turn it in tomorrow, whatever. So I think the first lunch was at like 11 something. And by the first lunch, we had at least like 80 signatures, at least between four of us. So, yeah, right. Like what kid's not going to sign that? in high school who's not going to be down to have like just be like yeah man i'll throw my name on there for wrestling that's awesome right keep in mind some of these kids were seniors that i was friends with because uh i was supposed to graduate with them but i got held back because i got sick in eighth grade and missed so many days yeah but anyway um so some of these kids were seniors that wasn't even going to get to do it but they were like hell yeah we'd love to see it right so, and I've only got two years left, so I'm like, I'm going to make the most of these two years. So, what happens is, by the end of the first lunch, we had at least, at, like, 80 between the four of us. So, they all brought them back to me, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go talk to the principal. Because <laughs> at, at this point, I'm like, we've got over we've got over 80, which means we have over 100 between the four of us. Because I didn't look at them all to see who all was on there or whatever. But I know that I handed them multiple sheets and almost all of them were full. So I was like, I'm going to go talk to the principal while I'm on my way to class. Do you remember how big the graduating class is? Is 80 kids like the majority of the class or are you in like a 400 person graduating class? Uh, it wasn't majority of my class. per se. It was multiple classes throughout that yeah. side. My class in particular, I don't remember what the number was. Gotcha. So like I've it worked at like, I've worked at like a small school that had like a hundred people in their senior year and I've worked at larger high schools that have five hundred people. Right. But I know there are some schools right. that have thousands. So when you say small town, my numbers brain, I just start trying to like visualize how small right. on my spectrum, you know? Probably I wanna say I want to say at least at least a hundred kids were in my class, my, okay. just my class. Yeah, well, at and least. the reason I bring it up is because if you got eighty signatures, that's a fair majority 
of, yeah, exactly. of the classes. So yeah, that that's why I was wondering. You know, now if you're in a school yeah. of three thousand kids and you got eighty signatures, that's nothing. But if your classes yeah. are that small, that's a that's a good majority of the kids that are yeah, in favor. Which of it. is a, which is exactly why I went to the principal. Good call. And I was like, hey, and see, she. Me and the principal got along great, whatever, you know, so <laughs> I, I walk up to her and I'm like, hey, is it okay if she's we petition? And of course, like my mom, her being the principal, she knows, for what? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, I want to get a wrestling team started because I think it'd be a really good idea and it'd be a good opportunity for a lot of other kids, not just me, you know? And she's like, why didn't, she's like, all you had to do was come talk to me. <laughs> she's like, she goes, all you had to do was come talk to me because I want a wrestling team too. There it is. And I don't know whether she said that because I she knew I had the petition ready or she actually wanted it. Because the first thing I asked her was, can we petition? <laughs> so I don't know if she said that out of fear or just out of general want. But either way, it worked out. A little bit of both. A little bit of both on her part, you know? Probably. So that, she goes, all you had to do was come talk to me because I wanted to wrestle on team too. So I'm like, okay, cool. Well, well, here's all this information. And so I gave her like the signatures for a little bit. And so she's like, okay, we'll, we'll look into it. Let me see. She's like, let me see what I can do. And at this point, our athletic director was our head football coach, who I know very well because I'm on football team. Right. So I'm giving him the information too, and I'm like, look, here's this, this, this. Here's all the schools around us that do it. This people that want to do it, you know. So they start looking into it. And lo and behold, our ROTC teacher, two time state champion in wrestling. No, that explains the Green Beret. God. Yeah, right. And he's like, he. Not to mention, he's also a Japanese jiu-jitsu black belt, but that's just another thing I found out later about him. Dude, at the time, like, he's coaching you. He's the ROTC instructor that's a Japanese jiu-jitsu black belt and a Green Beret, that's it. former Green Beret. That's it. Yes, and Ranger, yes. God, could you imagine what that dude could do it to you if he wanted to? Oh, I felt it. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good, man. I tell this story all the time. We were at a we were at a wrestling practice. It was it was like a youth practice or a rec camp or something like that. So the kids are on a break. Me and him are just sitting there messing around. We're and so I decide I'm gonna like wrestle around with him a little bit. And so I get on his back. He lets me get on his back, and like I'm trying to work for moves and do all this. And he goes, "All right, Matt, get ready to go flying." And I go, "Huh?" And by the time I say, huh, I'm looking up at my feet. <laughs> like, I'm looking at my feet, and I'm rolling through the air. Plus my knees, because we were on our knees. But, on, like, I feel myself lift up off the mat and roll through the air, looking at my feet, going, what the crap? Yeah. And then he, he puts me down, and I go, what was that? He goes, I don't know. I just did it. What? <laughs> Coach. Come on! You yeah, right. Give me that kind of power. What, like, let yeah. me let me get a name. Is that a DDT? Right? Is that the Scorpion? <laughs> like, Give it a name like, and what, teach what it to me. Because 
I was like, he didn't headlock me and broke me over. He, he just—I don't even think he had my arm at the at the time, but he might have grabbed it before he rolled. But anyway, so yeah, he our ROTC teacher comes—he's a former state champion wrestler. What and an amazing I'm, resource. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, what an amazing resource for a school to have within its building if you're right. starting a program. Right, exactly. And the crazy thing about it was I went back to the principal because we were trying to figure it out. And we couldn't get it all figured out. I didn't know where to go with it. So I went to the principal and I'm like, you know, if we find a coach, I think everything else will fall in place. That Honestly, yeah, really- right? Like that, that really, sometimes like sports are that simple. If you can just have an adult show up with a little bit of a plan and some competency, everything else just kind of happens. It is really miraculous. <laughs> right, right. And that is literally the words I said to her. And that is literally what happened like two weeks later. Cause like I'm waiting for my bus and he comes out to watch the flag detail and I see him and me and him have always like, joke with each other in passing and all that, you know, hey, how you doing? Good to see you, blah, blah, blah. So he comes out to watch flag and tell him, I go, hey, Sergeant Major, should I start calling you coach? <laughs> and he's like, maybe. He's like, something like that. He's like, I'm hoping so. So we get to talking about it. And that summer, I think, was when we held our first wrestling camp. Okay. And so, yeah, the end of my 10th grade year going into my junior year is when we had our first wrestling camp. Dude, hats off to, like, to, to Sergeant Major, who's going to give up his time, give back to the – continue to give back to the community and embrace that position, man. That's awesome. Right. Right. It was – it was a, like, I, I tell everybody, man, like, like I said, without him, there'd be no me. And if I was, if I was the one that built the, the wrestling program – I built, I put the foundation down, and Coach Greer put the whole damn mansion on top of. It. <laughs> he's, he's the structure. <laughs> because, because he took what I wanted. Because my goal was high school wrestling team. That was it. He turned that into youth program, middle school team, taking the high school team to state championships, like individuals to state championships. Because yeah. we didn't have enough to make. We didn't have enough guys on our team to make a team championship. Okay. We didn't score enough points to make a team championship. But individually, he took a bunch of individuals to the state tournament. So it's like, like I say, he built that foundation. But yeah, so going into my junior year, we had um, we had our first wrestling camp, and man, the the. The learning curve that was. Whew. Yeah. So, and I don't mean this in any kind of disrespectful way. I'm curious just from insight, from an athletic perspective, the balance you feel walking versus like when you're down on your back or on your knees, how different is that? Or is it any different for you? The crazy thing is when I was younger, I did a lot of the stuff I do now from my knees. So, like, like I have, I would say, semi-strong balance from my knees. Gotcha. And it's, it's, my balance walking has gotten gotten a lot better. Right. So, I can't, I really can't tell which is stronger now. 
Okay. It it depend it depends on what I'm doing though. Like, because if we do, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, see now we're both being polite. Um, I was I was just thinking like when I look at wrestling, I know and I know very little about it, but I picture the two guys on their feet or two people on their feet meeting up and they come together almost like rams, right? And you lock, yeah. and then you you normally try to get someone down at some point, and then you have right, that right. one where yeah. someone's Let's down and then you wrap your arm around them. And I, that's right. kind of what I was curious about with trying to have your balance when you initially start versus the whatever they're called restarts when people are on right. all four. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. That was part of the learning curve I had to learn. Because <laughs> my balance my balance up top standing was was dismal. Yeah. Man, like from a from a from an athletic standpoint, it was dismal. Standing standing and talking to people, walking, not great, but I mean yeah. I can do it. But from an athletic standpoint, bro, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it was immediately get taken down. Somebody gets on top of me, and now I'm squirming to get up. Okay. For the entire for the entire first year of my wrestling career. <laughs> and what's your so, weight class? Do you remember? Junior year. My weight class. My my junior year weight class was uh one thirty five. I think. Dude, those are yeah. some thick guys. One thirty-five are some ripped, cut, thick dudes in wrestling. Yes, they are, and <laughs> they are strong as hell and solid, brick fucking solid. Yeah, yeah, man. Because like that, people hear one thirty-five, you think, oh, you're a skinny little kid. Like wrestlers, one thirty-five, like to the one one fifty. All of a sudden, you're like middle linebacker type stuff. But one thirty-fives right. are some thick. You can get some running backs in there. You get some safeties in there, you know, yeah, like yeah. It, they're yeah. they're dudes. It's not and like one oh six. Crazy, crazy thing is, I tried, I tried to cut the one fifteen, <laughs> just for that reason, <laughs> and I only got there once. So, the way it worked was junior year. I did, I did one twenty five. I did 125, 130, and 135. Okay. Like, that that's just where I fluctuated between. I think I ended up settling on 130 because one of our guys ended up dropping out. So I ended up getting varsity spot at 130. Okay. Which was, which was fine. But I got a story about that, too, that I'll get into in a minute. <laughs> but so my overall record in wrestling was 133. And Coach Greer never lets me move it down. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you, you're 0 and 33, but you won all your matches. You realize that, right? And I'm like, no, Coach, I lost them all, and I hate it because I'm super competitive and I hate lose. So, and he's like, 0 and 33, Matt, you're our only undefeated wrestler. I'm like, but I am though. I'm like, I lost them all. He's like, but you really did. What he was trying to get me to, to understand was I started this and all these other kids have great records because of me. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you had the motivation, the impetus to want to get something started, um, knowing that well, I'm assuming – actually, I should ask you. I shouldn't assume anything. Did you feel 
you were like, did you have hopes of state championship? Did you know this is going to be humbling as hell to you every time you got on the mat? What was your mindset? My mindset was it wasn't it wasn't state championship because I knew that was a far reach. But my mindset was if I have to go, if I'm going out here to compete, I'm going out here to compete. They might fucking beat me, but if they do, they're gonna fucking earn it. <laughs> like, gotcha. That that was that was my whole mindset every time. And then when I started getting better and learning things that could help me, it started to get even better. It started to get even better at that. I was like, all right, you're probably gonna beat me, but you're definitely about to earn it because I'm going like one of the things. I don't know if you know what a crossface is. I do not. Okay, so crossface is, say somebody shoots in to take you down, right? You take the blade of your wrist, slide it across the neck. You don't throw it in there, oh. but you slow it, you, you slide it across, and that kind of picks their head up to stop them from trying to take you down. Gotcha. So, so one of the things I did was work on my crossface so that any so that if, if I got to any point, I can make them want to move because I'm crossface. Gotcha. So, even though I lost all my matches, like I picked up little things that helped me get better and better as I go Like, like you said, standing up, my balance. Like I told you, my balance was was bad, right? Yeah. So we, what we figured out is I can start shooting for takedowns on my knees. Okay. So I started doing that. It's gotten me. It got me. It got me closer to making the playing field more even. Yeah, what was your closest match, man? Or do you have a match that you thought you could have won that got away, like the girl who got away? Do you have a match that got away? There's three. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's three. I, I, I specifically remember all three of them, too. So there was one where apparently I didn't know it, but senior year, on my birthday was our last home match. Oh, how hyped! How hyped are you? I did nothing that entire school day. <laughs> like <laughs> I was too high. I did nothing. Like my teachers just basically just went like, go, because yeah. <laughs> they were like, you, you're no. Because I walked in the building that morning at freaking seven forty-five, hyped up. I was hyped up that entire day. But anyway. So, coach made me team captain that night. Right. Like I was, I was it. So, I took the kid down, hit him with a low level, what we call a low level single. He went back. That rarely happened for me. So when he went down, I'm like, oh crap, I'm actually gonna do this. <laughs> the problem was, the problem was I couldn't climb him fast enough to keep him pinned down. Oh. Yeah. And I was trying to, like, get to position, but he ended up getting back up, and then I had to redo it again. And it's really bad for your shoulders to do that move because it affects your collar. It, it, it uh, requires you taking your collarbone into, the, into their shin. So, yeah. Oh. It's, <laughs> so, I was like, <clears throat> so, like, trying to deal with that. And get, but that one was close because I almost got – then there was one we did on a Saturday morning where I rolled the wrong way. And if I had a rolled the other way, I would have pinned the kid. 
Oh, dude, that so sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what made you roll the wrong way? Were you trying to do a move? I was. He was trying to. He was trying to get me in a move, and I was defending myself, not letting him get me in a move. And all my teammates and coaches yelling, "Roll, roll!" And so my body was naturally facing that one way, so I went that way. <laughs> And then as I start trying to roll, they're like, no, roll the other way. I'm like, oh, I'm... And by the time I heard them say that, I was already off the kid. So, oh, like, dude. that one was lost. And then there was, the other one was, um... so there was this, I hate to say this, but there was this girl oh. that I wrestled that I thought I could beat. Come to find out, when she wrestled me, her record was like forty, was like forty nine and like one. Dude, I, I've I've known several. We actually um had a girl around here that became, I think she qualified. I can't remember if she wrestled in the Olympics, but she got an invite to the Olympic camp for sure. And she was a high, she's a high school wrestling coach, or at least she was around here in Delaware, and. The girls who are serious enough to continue wrestling through high school, they're not like 0-33 just there to get a weight class. Like, they've got the skill. That's what her record was. It was 49 and 9. Or 40 and 9 is what it was. And then later on, she went on to wrestle for the armor for a bit. Yeah. No, those type of girls who take it that serious – they're not half stepping, man. Like when you get yeah, on the mat yeah. with them, they are gonna put you down if you don't take them seriously. Right, exactly. And then and probably still, I, even if you take them seriously. <laughs> I took her. I took her seriously, but I did not think she was gonna be on. Even though you know she had the record she had, but I I never went into a match with fear of anybody. You know? Right. So I'm, so I'm thinking, all right, I got this one. I was like, if this is my one match to win, this is gonna be it. <laughs> And it and it just didn't happen. But but like all that experience led to let's see coming out of wrestling. I'm like for me it was the only thing I had. Like it was football. It was being a football manager and wrestling. Once wrestling started, I put my entire soul into that because one I helped build it, so I didn't want to see you know. I wanted to give it the best I had. And then two, I'm so competitive and, you know, I believe in my ability. So I was like, man, I need something to do after this. And I was thinking, I was looking around, you know, thinking, lo and behold, I I stumbled upon the ultimate fighter watching TV one day. Thinking, thinking it was a martial arts movie, which it was not. <laughs> and I see these two dudes fighting in a cage and I'm like oh okay alright I clicked away from it because it wasn't what I thought it was and then one day they just happened to be doing a whole like season one marathon of it so I watched the entire thing and like oh I'm hooked and then I went and sparred with one of my friends like one time just sparring with one of my friends in my living room and after we got done doing that, <laughs> it was the ugliest sparring match I promise you would ever see. <laughs> it was awful. 
and we just went at it for like 20 minutes straight, right? So when you say sparring I, in a living room, you guys got like gloves on, um, mouth guards, or are you guys <laughs> just like in sweats? And you're like, hey, we got nothing else going on. Let's have at it. So, so he watched an episode with me, I think, is what happened. And I was like, man, I really want to do this. And he was like, you know, I'm kind of, kind of thinking about it too. I was like, I was like, you know, we should spar. Kids do not do this. <laughs> People at home do not do this. People listening to this do not do this. I had a pair of weightlifting gloves uh, and a pair of the hand wrap uh, boxing gloves. Right. I had a pair. I had a pair of those. So I gave him the weightlifting gloves, thinking I'm going to hit him harder. So I'm going to use the pat the wraps because they have padding. Them. <laughs> so he's got on weightlifting gloves, and I have on dinky hand wraps, and we are just going at it, throwing palms at each other. And and I had the wrestling experience, so I was able to take him down. And, you know. Hold him for as long as I could. And he reversed and, you know, throwing strikes on me and stuff. And after we got done, we were both all tired. And it was like, we got to do that again. Yeah, it feels good, right? Just being as yeah. exhausted like that feels great. Yeah, it was like, we got to do that again. And then that's kind of where it started. Was that the first time you had actually, like, thrown punches? Mm, like... Like, in a serious way. I mean, like, everybody kind of, like, throws punches messing around, but... Yeah. Well, other than the time where I got mad at... Other than the time where I got mad at a kid and punched him in the chest, but, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was like, the first serious time I... Like, I, I had ever thrown punches with intentions to hurt someone, you know? Yeah, right. Or intentions to back someone up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how did that just physically feel as far as and i don't mean to harp on it but i'm amazed at the balance and strength you can get with cp that that's what i'm so, trying to like understand because man dude if i'm throwing a punch it, it's all legs like I, I think of these sports and everyone says it's always all legs and balance and the strength and that's why i'm i'm like i'm a little in awe i'm like man that's i would think you would throw and all of a sudden your balance if you haven't done it before, you're not prepared for it. That balance right. shifts, man, and you're just face first down. And that's exactly what happened. The first time. <laughs> like, like the first time, like I fell into him and he caught me. So we backed up and did it again. So what I what I started to realize was use your punches to set up your wrestling, take him down, and then throw punches. Oh, good call. So, so that's what I started to do in that twenty-minute little sparring session we had. Like I would, I would, I was like, okay, he doesn't have the wrestling experience, but I think he's gonna throw punches anyway. I was like, I'm gonna throw punches and make him catch me because he's gonna have to hold me, make him hold my weight, and I'm gonna take him down and then go from there. So what I started to do was when I would throw, I would lean too far because I didn't have my balance right. See now I can throw punches with decent enough balance not to get thrown off. Okay. Now it all it all depends on who I'm fighting, but you know. Um if I'm throwing punches now, I can throw them with enough intensity and not be thrown off because I know what my balance is. Yeah, because that, that that's the thing. You don't want to give up the power of the punch 
to maintain the balance because then if you yeah. even make contact, there's no point in the punch. Yeah, exactly. Because if I'm if I'm punching, if I'm trying to punch and I'm not on my not on the balls of my feet and I'm not turning my, rotating my hips, there's no power in that punch. Yeah, right. It, it's just to kind of touch and get the distraction of it. Yeah. So that, what I did in that that first time was I would throw one or two. I throw my one two, and like die like fall forward and try to grab him at his waist and take him down. And it, it worked a couple of times until he started figuring it out. But like I said, <laughs> after, and then it also took me coaching him through it to, so he could figure it out. Cause he didn't know what I was doing. Cause he, like I said, he didn't have wrestling experience. Gotcha. He, he had been to most of my wrestling matches, but he had never, you know, like wrestled himself yeah. until decided he was going to train. But so, yeah, that's kind of what the MMA thing. Isn't it so funny how, dudes, that used to happen to me with basketball. I remember, like, um, White Man Can't Jump would come on, like, whatever, cable, TNT. And by, like, the second pickup game, me and my boys, we'd be, like, calling each other on the phone. Like, dude, you want to go hoop, right? Like, you're hype, right? Like, let's go out there. And it's something stupid about guys, man. You watch stuff, and then you're just like, yo, I can do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Especially if there's a group of you watching it. Exactly. So lead into that. <laughs> so that was a perfect segue because That's what I did. This, this is what happened that sold me on MMA. So at the time, me and him had done that sparring. I was doing a little bit of training, trying with some friends, trying to get something going with that. And I was thinking about seventy percent. Yeah, this is what I wanted to do. The movie Never Back Down came out. And I watched that movie. Dude, that never never back downs the kid, the YouTube video. Like it's yeah. a blend of the angry kid from like Jersey or something goes to Miami. Yeah. He's got the black yeah. coach, the dude who is in Amistad, who's a great yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah, giant Hansi, yeah. And dude, like that kid, I mean, his like lean body type and the antagonist, the blonde boy with all the skill is such an ass in that yeah. movie. Dude, you watch that thing. 15, 20 minutes in, you're ready to tear a wall down. That's a great that is, movie. That is exactly what happened. Like I said, at the time, before that movie came out, my, my drive to the MMA was probably a, about 70. <laughs> and I watched that movie. I watched that movie once and was like, all right. Then I watched it again. And it took my drive from about 70 to about 1,000. And I was like, this is what I'm doing. For the rest of my life, until I die, I don't care. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> like, and so we started putting together bogus, like, some of the most off-the-wall training that, because it was just me and my friends at the time. So, like, we were all trying to figure it out ourselves. Yeah. But I had some friends whose parents were, you know, into involved. So, like, they kind of, my friends helped me from what they had learned through their parents and all that so. But yeah, never back down is what took my drive from about seventy to to where I'm like, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Yeah, man, it's uh, it something too that's real interesting when you just talk to people is everyone, and maybe it's part of why like American culture and our creativity, as far as ex- that's like our export, right? We don't really make stuff. Well, I guess we make technology, but our our culture is really what we sell across the world. And everyone has a movie 
that matters so much to them. Like for honestly, I think for me, it's white man can't jump where it's like, I want to look like a little sucker and I'm not that great at basketball, but it's like my life mantra. I always want to appear less than I am and then shock you with the skill that I have. I want to hustle you. And I think, I think I got it from that movie and it's, you know, yours is never back down. There was, I had a graffiti artist on who is, um, I hadn't watched the movie. Dope, not Dope Street, whatever the graffiti movie was, but he was like, that inspired me to now tag for the next 30 years. And you're like, what? He was like, dude, I carry a marker around in case I get the urge and I'll just tag something based on this movie. Right. Yep. Yep. It's crazy how that happens. Yeah. And like, for me, I'm like, it was that. It was never back now, but it was also, like I was saying, like I told you earlier, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So did you get into the anime going through the surgeries and just being like bedridden? Or how did you actually get into anime? So how I got into anime in general was uh, my cousin was a very big influence on me. And I would go to his house and on the weekends and stuff and we would stay up late and watch TV and all just so happens he was watching one called Yu Yu Show that I had never heard of. But they were doing like, they were in the middle of this like tournament arc. And it was about this kid who had special powers because he was what they called spirit detective of hers. So he like, he has to fight all these demons, monsters and stuff. And he was just cocky. He was badass. And like, there was major fight scenes in it. And I'm like, dude, this show is dope like i i was like what is this like i had no idea what anime was and so like that was my first introduction to it and i the reason i say i don't count dragon ball z as my first uh, soiree in the mma i mean into anime is because it was coming on at four o'clock after school and we were all watching it and i thought it was just you know a really cool cartoon i didn't know it was an anime so that's why I don't count. Oh, uh, okay. But so, with the Yu Yu Hakusho, it came on late at night. The characters were cussing. There was blood. There was gore. Like, it, I thought it was badass. So that was my first soiree into it. But then as I, you know, I watched Dragon Ball as a kid. Thought it was the coolest thing. But, you know, I didn't really realize the impact it had on me until I got older. Because... I became such a fan that I've watched it multiple times, and now that I'm older, I realize, you know, it was the first show that showed me you can achieve any goal you want to by working hard. Because the goal for the main character was to become the strongest fighter he could, and the only way he could do that is by training. So the show showed me, like, and he, the main character, Goku, was a low-level, low-class warrior on on his home planet to where they essentially threw him. They were like, oh, he's going to be weak. We'll send him to this planet to let him conquer it by himself because he's pretty weak and most people ain't going to handle And now he's like the, as the story continues, he's basically on God-tier level now. So, so... But it was the first show that showed me uh, you can get to anywhere you want to go with hard work. 
Like the only way to get stronger is to work through. And that was the stuff that my my parents were instilling in me. So as I got older and got into it, like that I realized there that is. My parents have been telling me this for that for as long as I can remember. Right. Maybe there's something to it. I need to work that way. Yeah, man. It's it, it it's not like confirmation bias where you're seeking reinforcement of a belief, but it, it's nice to get when they're good core values. And it's funny that as a kid watching a made up cartoon, you can then apply the like theme of it to real life. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's funny. Like, Oh yeah. There's this Jap- Japanese cartoon animation actually matches up with what my parents are telling me. And the child is like, makes perfect sense. That is the truth. I'm all in yep. on that. It reinforces their beliefs, man. Yep. It, it was crazy because I didn't realize that until I got about 17, 18. Yeah, right? No one you does. Know. You just, all of a sudden, you're just thinking in your head, but you don't even realize you're thinking about it when you're that young. And so, so, like, now when I was, co- and so when I started competing in MMA and doing, like, these tournaments and, and uh, grappling matches and stuff like that, one of the grappling matches, I was like, they were like, you need a, you got a fighting name? And I'm like, hmm. I was like, it needs to be something Dragon Ball related. I was like, but how do I also uh, pay tribute to my parents that molded me into being what I am? Because without them, I wouldn't be where I am. <laughs> so I was like, huh, saying I live and train like the Saiyans did, they get stronger with every... One of the things about the Saiyans that also applied to me was that they... They get stronger every time they come close to death in a battle. So, like, they have uh, healing properties or whatever, but, like, every time they recover, they come back stronger. And they have, like, science that helps them recover and all that, and magical beings, but we won't get into all that. But anyway, <laughs> so, it's like, so, for I took badass, you get knocked down, get back up strong. Mm. You get down, come back fighting harder. Like, so I was like, hmm, I want to live and train the same, the way the Saiyans did, make sure I'm working to reach whatever goal I want to get to by any means necessary through hard work, you know. Get to your goals through hard work, Saiyans. Then I was like, hmm, my dad always said I was a soldier. My parents were soldiers. My wrestling coaches, the soldier to me. So I'm like, you know, actually, both of my, two of my wrestling coaches, coaches were military. One was in the Navy. And I have so much respect for him, too. He helped me a lot because he took me aside and helped me work different techniques and all. So I was like, how do I help pay tribute to most of the, to these people? That helped mold me into where I am today and also pay tribute to the thing that I took in the most that I want to, you know, so saying Dragon Ball, Soldier, my family and my culture. That, so that's, 
So that's how my nickname came about. The same song. Dude, that's a beautiful little origin story, man. I love it. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. And every time, it's funny because people ask me about it. Every time I say it, everybody goes, what? Then I have to go. Then I have to go. And I try not to go into it. And so, like, I have these wristbands that I'm selling and that help promote the show and stuff. Okay. So, like, I'll be like, here, just take this. And I'll just take one of my wristbands off and be like, here. Take it, go watch it, tell me what you think. Yeah. So if you're familiar with anime and Dragon Ball Z specifically, you're going to see your nickname, Saiyan Soldier, and you're going to immediately get it? Yeah. Okay. If the, pro- the problem is, yeah, if you're, if, if you're familiar with Dragon Ball Z, yes, gotcha. you'll get it. Especially when you see the logo, because it was inspired by the Dragon Ball Z logo. I did pick up on that. Like, the font of the logo is real cool. And I got anime vibes from that, but I just, uh, aside from a Pikachu or a Pokemon card that like, I think my daughter went through a two week phase in, I've got zero anime experience. And see, it took me forever to realize that Pokemon was an anime. (laughs) So I I thought it was, I thought I was on a limb. And at the same time, I thought it was anime. (laughs) Right. So it's like, it took me a while to realize that. So my first my first real soaring in the anime would, would probably have to be Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball, Pokemon, Digimon, all that. But I don't count them because I didn't know. How, like, are you serious enough? And I don't know, I'm assuming there are conventions. And I've actually spoken to people who've, like, wanted to go to Japan to just be a part of the anime culture. So how serious into anime are you? Are you willing to travel, go to conventions? Are you, how many like Facebook groups are you a part of? How many tattoos do you have? Dude, you, you are a great segue artist. <laughs> I, I, I will give you that. Because the, the, the second convention I ever went to, I went to the walk. I've gone to the Walking Dead convention three times. Oh man, I've never, dude. I, I don't want to sidetrack you, but the Walking Dead, what I've seen for Walking Dead conventions, it's just triple next level. It's, it, yeah, it's nuts. So I've been three times, but the first, the convention outside of that, I went to was um, Atlanta Comic Con. And the voice of Goku, who is the main character in Dragon Ball Z, was there. So I immediately flipped out. (laughs) Like, I'll I'll put it to you this way. Before we even went to the dang convention and we were just looking at the list, because we knew we were going, no matter who was there, because it's like the first year they were doing that at a couple times. So me and my me and my buddy are sitting in a Taco Bell. We're eating. He's on his phone looking at the list, and he just he just all of a sudden hands me his phone, and I look at it, and it says Sean Schimmel. Sean Schimmel's the voice of Goku, the main character. I stood up, walked away from the table, walked back, and like knelt down and almost cried because I was like, I'm going. I was like, I'm freaking going, and I don't care how we get there. I'm going. <laughs> and tell so, me, what's the? I've never been to any sort of convention, man, like that. Like where you almost, 
you, you get to pretend like you're actually not a maybe you do pretend like you're a character but pretend that you're involved in the world you're taking a fictional world and you're bringing it to a real place i've never been a part of it but i've seen the pictures where people go overboard ape people go all out see what i did was i just dressed up in all my dragon ball gear that i could possibly carry with me (laughs) on that first day because i like have I like have the Goku jacket hanging up on my wall back here. I have the other I have the other main character's jacket. Cause see, a lot of my inspiration from anime also comes from the clothes and stuff. It just gives me that whole another like energy level type thing. Okay. So so like I I grabbed like my hoodie. I have a beanie that is uh, Goku related. So like I I took I even wore my freaking Goku socks. Like that is that that was the the first thing Sean said to me when I met him was like I he was like I like your socks and I was just like thank you. <laughs> like but man people go all out. There was there were so many great costumes I saw there. Like there were so many that I had to be like how how did you do that? Yeah. Right. How did you put that together? How long did it take you? Because it looks perfect. And they they get these characters down to a T. And like we've been trying to figure out when we're going to another one, and I'm like, I gotta do something for it. Are the vibes super positive, or are are there the people who go there that are kind of like snobbish and are looking to prove how? they notice all these extra details or do you just blow those people off and go have a good time appreciating all the effort into the costumes? I have never met a person like that, but everybody there is like, everybody there is like super appreciative of everybody. Like, that's awesome. No matter, no matter what you wear, like everybody's super friendly. I took so many pictures with like so many cosplayers and stuff. Have you ever seen coming to America? Yeah. They're original though, right? Like Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Arsenio yeah, the yeah, yeah. So there was a dude at the convention dressed as King Joppy, <laughs> and like, bro, he had it down. I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking down to the lion of the lion head on his chest. Oh, going across. <laughs> and I was like, bro, you were the cool. I was like, dude, you are so cool. And like, we all we all got to talking to him. We stood there for a good 15 to 20 minutes just talking to him, just shooting shit. Come to find out, he's a voice actor. He can dance. He uh, He's a martial artist himself. No like, way. Yeah, so you meet a lot of interesting people. Gotcha. Uh, like, and, like, he's, to this point, we follow each other on uh, social media now, so, like, we'll reach out to each other. Right. We'll just hit each other on each other. Yeah, see, that's like, where, like... Y- the, the comic book convention or the cosplay, the anime, whatever, like it can get, or maybe it had when it first started a little bit of like a, Oh, you're a dork. Oh, you're not cool thing to it. But the vibe I get from every single person I talk to is passionate and unique and appreciative and nice. Like not, no, no one I've spoken to is that arrogant person that I was like floating out there, which is, why I was curious if they actually, if you've come across them, because it just seems like such a great vibe. Right. And the, the cool thing about it was 
Like, Coming to America is one of me and my mom's favorite movies. Like, we bonded over that movie. <laughs> so, like, when I saw him, I was like, dude, can I please get a picture? I need to send it to my mom. Right. And he was like, yeah, man, sure, go ahead. So yeah, that's why he's there. That's the whole reason he went through everything yeah. he went through and found the freaking lion head and the crown or the, like the garner, like the pants. Yeah. It's like, dude, yeah. he, he dressed that day for that picture. Right, right. And then another cool thing I saw was a father and son dressed as a father and son characters from Dragon Ball Z. And I was like, <laughs> I had to, I was like, dude, that's parenting done right. That I is. was like, thank you. Like, I had to take a picture of him and I was like, I, I'm going to do this with my kids one day. Right. Yeah, like, like that, I have to. that's the goal. Because, like, kids don't realize that their parents were kids and are just as dorky as their kids are and felt the way, whatever the kids is passionate about. Maybe, like, I've never been as passionate about Barbie homes that my daughter is, but I was passionate right. about Lego homes. And if you can, like, pass that passion on, and then the key is to enjoy it with your child. Yep. It gets no better. Yep, exactly. Like, even with my little nephew, the other, uh, I was hanging out with him the other day when we were watching uh, TV, and he scrolls through and he sees gargoyles, and he goes, let's watch gargoyles. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, I've never been so ready ever. Yes. Let's do that. So we watched, like, the first, like, five episodes. Gotcha. Dude, that's I but, man. I might have to hit one of those things up at some point in my life, man, just to have the experience. Man, you should. It's it's a crazy experience, and like you say, people think it's uncool or whatever. But then once you go, it's like, oh god, this is really cool. Yeah. So, and this is just a real stupid question, but it's where my mind goes every time I travel. Um, food wise, in the convention, is it terrible food or is food on the level of the costumes? Let me think. Cause see, no. one, one thing I hate, I hate going places where I'm really enjoying myself. And then I got like, you know, you get hungry and then all of a sudden you got to eat some like shitty hot dog or you got to pay like $12 for this terrible hamburger. Like that's such a buzzkill yeah. to me. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Every, every one of the conventions I've ever been to, the food has been on food. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Especially with beverages though. Like <laughs> it, it gets, it gets a little pricey. Yeah, but uh, but it's worth it to me. Yeah, so I don't mind the price if the quality's there. But like, right. I hate going to whatever Six Flags and you're trapped in, and now you're paying ten dollars for a, a a dollar menu burger from McDonald's that has right. even less care and less seasoning, and you're like, really, man? You gotta take my money yeah. like that? So I don't mind paying if it's decent quality, though. Right, right. That's like um, the Walking Dead convention. There's this, uh, there's this soda fountain company that's always there. Okay. And they do, they do like old fashioned type sodas, and they give you this little, they give you the like this little metal cup, and like you buy the cup, and you get free, uh, or you get like half off the refills. And man, that's some of the best freaking sodas I've ever had. Okay. Yeah, see, like, that's the kind of stuff. Like, hearing those details, that makes me want to go even more now. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> like, especially if, if, you're not, um, if you're not going for the actual culture of it, like, to, to immerse yourself. 
culture. That's the that's the other reason to go. And, and like I said, you get to meet cool people. You get to you know, there's parties and stuff. There's always events going on outside of the convention that are centered around it. Yeah, and it's it's weird. I, I was talking to um, it, it's funny. So I have not not to be like a shameless plugger, but a little bit of just context. I, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones, and I was watching Game of Thrones, and there's a scene early on where there's this butcher's boy. Are you familiar with right. Game of Thrones, the butcher's yeah, boy? Yeah, Popeye. I think it's what his name was. Popeye, I think. Okay, I can't remember, but basically, like Joffrey, it triggers Joffrey to be in the asshole that he is. So anyway, I'm sitting yeah. there and I'm like, I wonder what the butcher boy is up to now. So I reach out to him and he came on the podcast and I talked to him. And it was oh, dude, I gotta go listen to that. Yeah, so it's actually it'll be up in a week. Um, it's it's coming up this week, probably on Thursday. Uh, but no. my, my point was then I'm like rewatching Juno, the movie Juno. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, Juno's sure. room is dope as fuck. I wonder who set it up. So I Google that person. I record with Steve last night, who's this huge fucking Hollywood production designer. And right. the only reason I say that is I didn't realize how big entertainment was a part of my life. So like going to somewhere like a Walking Dead convention, you've had many experiences and conversations that go along with shows and it's kind of cool to go and like relive it, rethink about it, connect with the characters in weird ways because you really do connect with them when you're watching. Yeah, it, it, it was it's been crazy because normally, um, normally when I go to conventions because it's so much walking, I take my wheelchair, so that automatically gets you a little bit. Um, <laughs> It gets you a little. I hate to say it, but it does because Dude, people. No, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish up. So, like, we were, we were at. I think it was Atlanta Comic Con, and uh, we went to go meet Michael Rooker, who plays. Uh, he plays Merle in Walking Dead, but he's also Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, dude, that was a great character. Merle? Yeah, it was. Where he and lose it, the hand. The, like, he really changed. Yeah. So, like, getting to meet him was one of the coolest things. Because he was, like, as soon as we... Because he's... he And he was great with all of his guests. Because we noticed while we were standing in line that he would... He talked to his guests for a good 10, 15 minutes, maybe. So, when we pulled up... Because I had all my friends with me because somebody was pushing the chair. So all my friends are with me, and he goes, yo, what's up, guys? And we all, like, he gives us this 20-minute conversation of just about Guardians and Walking Dead and all the stuff he had to do. And, like, it was so cool to connect with him on that level. And, you're, like, and you think part of that was because you rolled up in a wheelchair? Not with him particularly, no. Okay. But with some of them, you can kind of tell. <laughs> like, you can kind of tell. Because it, it is an attention grabber. It does grab people's attention. Right. It it will, no matter what. Like, you, you can't help that. Because you see somebody in a wheelchair, you're going to look. You might not stare, but you will at least look. Yeah, right. You're going to notice. Yeah, yeah. So... 
That's like I met Ric Flair, which was wild. No. Where at? Yeah. At a <laughs> weirdly enough, a Walking Dead convention. No shit. Yeah. Because the Walking Dead convention isn't just Walking Dead. It's, it's a whole bunch of other stuff mixed into it. But a lot of it is like horror or suspense related, thriller related type stuff. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was just weird for him to be there. And I just had to tell, like, I didn't want a picture or nothing. I, I just wanted to, like, shake his hand and tell him, thank you for giving me and my dad some memories and stuff like that. So getting to do that felt like I did one for my dad. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that, that's another thing that, you can easily forget. And I, you wonder if people in his position realize at the time the influence. You know, right. just again, you're out there entertaining, but for so many millions of people, you're helping other people bond. You're right. Right. You know? Exactly. That's like the match between rick and Shawn michaels and i didn't even get to tell him this because i didn't want to take up a lot of his time because i wasn't paying for a picture and i wasn't i just wanted to shake his hand and say hey and you know tell him that so i wasn't trying to take, but i didn't get to tell him this but that match between him and Shawn michaels in his retirement match i almost cried because for me it was my favorite wrestler in Shawn michaels going up against one of my dads and big players uh... and I wish, like, I wish that my dad, my dad passed when I was 12. So that match happened in, like, 2008, I think. So my dad had already passed off. But, like, that was one of the ones where I felt like this one would have been cool for us, you know? That makes even more sense now. So just the emotional connection to going back to being that young kid with your pops when you're seeing Ric Flair. Yeah. Got yeah. you. And I, I also forgot to tell him that I came up with a saying that involves his, you know, his world famous woo. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I forgot to tell him because, like, you know, I'm trying to hurry up, but I'm also trying to get my point across. And it's freak, freaking players sitting in front of you, <laughs> so like, you you gotta like speed it up and make your point. But like. So if it's real hot outside or if it's real cold, I'll, if I walk outside and the first bit of it hits me, I'll go, woo, it's Ric Flair hot or it's Ric Flair cold, you know? Like, and I meant to tell him that and I forgot. And I was like, oh, oh if I meet him again, I'll tell him. Hopefully, right? Hopefully you've run across that dude again. Yes. Dude, That's he's like, still macking out there, man. Like, he's still on brand. He is still the million-dollar yeah. man. I mean, he is – hair looks great still. Yeah, he uh, he just got released recently by WWE. Yeah, I don't know why that's such a big deal. Do you know why? Or can you explain to me why that's such a big deal? Well, come to find out, apparently it wasn't as big of a deal as they thought it was, as people thought it was. Because at first they – you know, his daughter's a wrestler now. Okay. So people thought that he was mad about the way his daughter was being booked in matches and, you know, in storylines and all that. But come to find out, he just had some business opportunities that he couldn't do all in WWE that he wanted to do. Uh, so he, he just kind of was like, oh, can you let me go so I can do these? 
Gotcha. That's kind of he had signed some sort of lifetime contract or what? Like if he's not wrestling, why yeah. is he still under contract? Because they own the rights to Ric Flair. Was that the issue? Uh, no, it's more like they signed legends contracts so they can appear sporadically whenever they're called upon or whatever. Gotcha. Unless it's like a different contract, like Shawn Michaels, he's a he's a backstage producer for one of the for the developmental brand. Okay. So he's probably under, he's probably not under a legends contract. He's probably under some other kind of contract. Yeah, see, that's but the geeky yeah. shit that I get into is like knowing those little details about me too. The after, right? Yeah, me too. That's so interesting. Oh, that, that also brings me back to when I met Sean Schumer. Like I told you with Ric Flair, you're trying to get your point across and trying to make it click and all. So, like, I paid for the picture and the autograph for Sean Schumer because I knew. I knew I was going to take a bunch of time because <laughs> this dude is one of my heroes. Like, so I'm sitting there, like, we get ready to, me and my friend get ready to get up there to to take the picture or whatever. So we hand the guy the money, and, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm sitting in the wheelchair, and I'm like, like, I can barely breathe. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm freaking out. So, like, I explained to him, like, you know, my fight nickname saying soldier and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, man, I love that. And then, like, so we get to talking about me having CP and me doing MMA and all this. And he's like, dude, that's awesome. And then, so, like, and I was thanking him, him and the guy who plays the other main character, who's my favorite character. Like, I was thanking them for all they've given, you know, the community and all. And then, um... Come to find out, he told me that. Have you ever seen Breaking Bad? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, all right. So Walter Junior. Okay. Was his was his neighbor? Oh no! He, like in real life, yeah. Walter Junior. Yeah. Yeah, and he has CP too. So we kind of got to talking about that, and I was like, "Oh man, that's freaking cool, dude! What a weird connection." <laughs> Right? Like, see, that's what I'm saying. You never know what you're going to get out of going to a convention. That's right. Yeah. Dude, so how much is the, and that, and not to be like, like, I don't know why numbers fascinate me, but I do wonder how much are, are the pictures? Does it vary on how important it, the it person varies. is? It varies on person. Gotcha. I don't know if there yeah. was like a flat fee when you just go to the convention. No, no, no. It's, it's, you pay your convention fee, but you also have to pay your autographs and, uh, and pictures and all that. Like, uh, Raw Paulson. Have you ever seen Pinky in the Brain or Animaniacs? Oh, yeah, Pinky in the Brain. Yep, yep. All right. So, what are I we going to do today, <laughs> Brain? <laughs> yep. Try to take over the world, right? <laughs> so, I met the voice of Pinky. Okay. And I had. I met him at the convention too, and I like was telling him, I was like, dude, I love all of your, because he's been in tons of things that I watched growing up, as he has most everybody. But I was like, dude, my most favorite line you've ever said is if we were meant to fly, we'd be born with little bags of butts. And, <laughs> and I, like, when I said that, he busted out laughing. 
And he was like, did you get the innuendo? And I was like, yes, sir. And then he did the line as Pinky, and I, I like, melted. Because then he, like, I didn't, I didn't know what to say. Like, I couldn't say anything after he did it, because I was just like, cool. Like, and then he hugged me, so I was like, all right, I'm good. I was like, I need to go home now. We can leave. I'm good. See, that's another show, man. Like, again, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones, but like, I need to. I before Game of Thrones, I started watching for the first time because I had stopped South Park, and I forgot how fucking funny South Park is. And I want right. to go back and watch like Pinky and the Brain or the um Ren and Stimpy, like all that stupid shit that was like the Friday night show on your sleepovers where you and your boys just had in the background and you would just laugh your ass off. Like, I want to rewatch it and see, is it actually as funny as I remember experiencing it? Um, dude, right before the convention, I started watching old Pinky and the Brain and Animaniacs episodes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yep, still funny. <laughs> still funny. And then they rebooted Animaniacs, so now... I didn't know that. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Okay. So, just a stupid story about me when um, I wound up... I was a 5th, 6th grade ELA teacher. Then I um, asked to get into special education, and I went up to 8th grade. So, same building. A lot of the kids that I taught, I was going to now see as 8th graders. So, I'm co-teaching with this teacher named Pinkerton. So we're shooting the shit. We're, uh, we're idiots. You know, like what teachers do. You try to put on a show, try to entertain. So we mm -hmm. labeled her door Pinky and the Brain. Because like, <laughs> nice. like she was like, you always fucking think of things. You're such a smart ass. Like think you're so smart. You'd be a brain. And it threw the kids off so bad because they kept like searching for Miss Pinkerton or Mr. O'Grady. And they're like, no, it's Pinky and the Brain. What's unclear about the sign? Or, you know, then they, then the kids would be like, so what are we doing today? And we loved when they would ask, what are we doing today? Because then we'd be like, right, right. what are we doing today, Mrs. Pinkerton? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It was the stupidest segue. But because of that experience, I'll always remember Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, exactly. Like, it helped you build something else for somebody, for the kids. Like. Yeah, exactly. Just pass the shit on. Just as a stupid teacher. I love... I, there's nothing more I admire that when teachers try to be corny and care about bringing kids in. Instead of like being like aloof and um, having like stature or posture, more just being okay with being stupid. Because I think kids, even if it, kids just get to make fun of the teachers, it at least brings the kid into the classroom and starts building, like, a community. Right, right. That's, like, one of my friends is a seventh-grade uh, biology teacher. Oh, dude, that's, that's rough. See, he's, he's like me. He's a huge nerd, you know, So, and we're, we're all into Pokemon or whatever. Okay. So he bought this book that's, like, an encyclopedia of all the Pokemon that, like, explains what's in their bodies and, like, how... Oh, like what their bodies are made of, stuff like that. So he took it to school to let the kids look at. Dude, that's a cool little connection. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, so it's like Pikachu is made of this, and the things on its face do this, right. you know, stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. Like, it's crazy how 
you would think generations later you could still connect with something like that. Yeah, man. I mean, like some of the, especially animation wise, just stands that like the Simpsons still holding yeah. on. South Park. I didn't realize fucking South Park was like almost thirty seasons deep. You're like, how is South yeah. Park almost as old as me, man? That's insane that yeah. they are still well, rolling. Family Guy too. Family Guy's almost oh, thirty yeah. seasons. Yeah, right. Well, Matt, let me ask you this. Um, so the saying soldier projects i don't think we've spoken about that at all i want to we have not okay it, it kind of it kind of went from anime i mean it kind of went from my background to nerding out for a, second. <laughs> for a little more than a second but it's good information yeah. man because i hadn't actually spoken to people who are going to um these conventions but i want to get a little more into what you're trying to do with your saying soldier project and i watched your youtube video which had very little of your voice and a lot of other people's voices in it. Which you thought that was the point. Right? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool because you get these different perspectives on you growing up. So just talk a little bit about, I'm interested, what you're trying to do with the YouTube. It Like, is it a series? Is it a vlog? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a series. It's a series that I'm uh, working on. It was, it was meant to be go way deeper than than it's gonna go but what do you mean by that um i wanted to kind of i wasn't gonna make it an episodic thing but i think i am but just because filming and editing takes a long time editing fucking sucks man it's the one thing i hate about I, it's, it's part of why the podcast i just post it in conversational form because i'm like right. it it, it it almost takes just as long to sit here, record, get to know someone, and then edit it and waste and lose all this film. I'm like, right. I just, I, See, I, I can not keep up. That, that's my, I hate that. I hate the editing process. Like, I, I do it. And my, luckily, I have friends that know my patience level, and they can handle it better than I can. So we sit there together and piece it together and edit it. That's, that's kind of what took it so long to come together because we were using crappy software for the first episode. So, yeah. But, so, the the way the show came about is I, uh, with adaptive combat athletes especially, it's hard for us to get matches or fights, you know, depending on what you're trying to do. Like me being an MMA athlete, I've only had one fight and I've been training since I was 17. Now, you know what I mean? Yeah, so let me ask you about that because is it is it difficult to get fight because there aren't other fighters because you can't connect with them or because it's like people see it as kind of twisted to have people with disabilities battle? Is it a liability thing with insurance? It's all three. It is literally all three. Yeah? Yeah, literally all three. Cause I'm sitting here wondering like how I would like knowing you, I want to go watch you kick ass. Right. But at the same time, like knowing children with cerebral palsy, like I don't want to watch them fight. I actually want to help them not get hurt. You know what I'm saying? So like thinking about it, I'm actually like conflicted about how I feel. Right. So it's a, it's a combination of all three because one, there's not enough of us adaptive combat athletes. Two, it's people think that way 
and other fighters, if you're an able-bodied fighter, you're going to think, if I win, yeah, I just beat up somebody with a disability. If I lose, I lost to a guy with a disability. Yeah. So it does nothing for their career from their, for their standpoint. And three, it is a liability for the insurances and commissions. And that's, that is the biggest hurdle so far. That makes sense. I, I um, man, so, I'm really and, trying to like go through my emotions now, and I'm trying to picture myself like four Miller lights in, and I I see you get into the cage, and you're hyped, and it's aggro, and you're aggressive, and I got twenty bucks on blank, and I'm like, get him, ah, and then like you actually get hurt, or you go off balance, or someone hits you. And, like, you just see you flop down, and it's, like, everything, like, do I want to cheer for that? Yeah. That's right. But it almost, I'm sorry, man, I don't mean to cut you off, but now that I'm I'm continuing to think, like, I feel like that's almost what the women had to overcome is the audience being, like, do I want to watch a woman get her ass whooped and watch a woman whoop ass? And now that seems to be very mainstream and embraced for the power the bravery, see, the skill. That. That's what I'm trying to get to. And that's what we're trying to get. That's why I created the same type of project is to show people. All right, so got to backtrack again. Sorry, listeners. No, don't, story, dude, don't be sorry. But uh, so back in 2011, I was 21? Yes, 21. I was 21. I was coming out of the tech school I was going to, but I had been training since I was 17. And I started training kind of legitly, like right at 18. And you can't fight in Georgia legally, uh, like either amateur or pro, until you turn 18. Okay. So, so I had been training for a while with, with my friends. Like we had started a legit gym and everything and so I've been training. And so we 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 trained for a good amount of time and then we decided, okay, some of us wanna get fights. So me naturally being me, I'm like <laughs> I'm like, screw it. I'm first one up. Like let's go. Like get me a fight. Let's book me a fight. So we get me and two of our t- two of my teammates fight. So, and we talked to we talked to the matchmaker and you know, on the promoter of the event, and he was all so we took you know we explained to him the situation. He walks with crutches. He has disability, but he can fight. You know, and this is all just in, in talking. Like he hasn't seen me in person. So he's like, okay. You know, he's like, we'll we'll see if we can work it out, whatever. He's like, I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. As well. And at this point, I had already bought my fighter's license. What do you so, have to do to get a fighter's license? Is it just pass a physical and, like, fill out a form? Or do you have to actually prove some sort of, like, you, competency, like a minimum belt pretty color? Much, pretty much, you, it, you, can, you can do it one of two ways. You can fill it out when you get to the event. And pass the physical, and then they'll give it to you, or you can fill out the form and get your doctor to sign off on it, 
and they'll uh, they'll give it to you, and you gotta pay money to do it. Gotcha. But if you do it at if you do it at the event, you don't have to pay money because that's covered by the the promotion. Okay. So what I did was again bring prepared. I went ahead and bought my fighter's license just in case somebody was going to tell me no. Oh, because you had a fear they would get a look at you and all of a sudden say because of your disability and maybe kind of eh, on the physical, like smudge some of the physical stuff, almost like a discrimination kind of a thing? Yep, yep. That's exactly what I was worried about. Gotcha. So. That's a terrible, that's a terrible headspace. Now, I'm, dude, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but like, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm getting ready to go to fight, that's enough focus for me. I don't want to also have to worry about being like screwed over on the physical. <laughs> like, I just want to get my mind right for some combat, man. That shit's scary alone. Yep. Yep. And see, that's what I was worried about. So, so we, like I said, we train, we build up everything. The matchmaker tells us, he might not want to show up to the event with his canes because then they're going to outright know and they're going to be like, what the hell are you doing? Mm. So me being me, me having the training partners that I have, and this is, this is something I should have mentioned way back when we started. I've surrounded myself with enough good people that know when to push me and when to tell me to dial it back, you know, and not be yes man and be like, oh man, you're okay. No, nah, bro, get your ass up. Let's go. Yeah. Or, nah, bro, you, you need to hang back. To me. You know. Yeah, before so, your hip comes back out of socket again, and you got to get another surgery, kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story about that. <laughs> not my hip, but anyway. Uh, so he says, you know, you may not want to show up to the event with your, with your cane. So. So what we did was we said, all right, got to start walking longer distances without it. Because okay. normally I would walk around my house without it, walk around places without them where I'm comfortable, you know, not big crowds, you know, not the store or anything like that. But once he told us that, it was like, all right, you got to figure out how to, how to not need them when you get to the event. So, so I told myself, all right. And I walk without him around town. So, and then my teammates were like, yeah, you got to. So I started walking around town without my canes to get used to it. Now. How, and help me get some perspective on how big of a deal that is for you to walk around town without the support of canes. It, it was a pretty big deal because I was so used to moving for one, I was so used to moving so fast on my canes just because it's, oh. it was super easy to take a lot of the pressure off of my legs to just to just be like move through. Gosh. You know? But there was a big learning curve because I had to, you know, you feel terrain differently, like depending on the situation. Like with my canes, like it was like, my feet are lightly tapping the ground because I'm not having to dig as much because I'm putting my weight on my arms right. with my hand. So 
like walking walking through a parking lot without them is, is different because it feels different now. And I'm walking on my toes more because, which I've always walked more heavily on my toes with my heels, but I'm walking on my toes way more now because I'm trying to get used to the terrain and stuff. And how much yeah. are you like leaning forward on? So I would think if I'm using canes, man, my head, my like my nose is over my toes, which is the sign of being off balance typically. Right, right. And when I first started using them, it was a lot of that. Especially if you're going fast, dude. Like, I'm picturing you just fucking rolling. And, like, that would be – you're, like, reaching out. You're trying – almost like someone with getting longer strides. Your arms are going with longer strides. And it would just lead to you being forward balanced. Yep. That's exactly what it is. I will, I I am very heavily for like I've corrected it a lot. Gotcha. It's still not a hundred percent there. Probably never will be, but I've done a lot to fix it. Okay. But yeah, so like. Yeah, so that's making sense then, because if you're used to that kind of way, and then you've almost got to retrain to get your head back, get the balance on the feet, be able to get balance if you get bumped without that stability in your arms. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm starting to understand it. Thank you. Yeah. So, like, no problem. You you helped me explain it better than I ever probably could have without. No, dude, you were doing great. I I was just like, I don't know, man. I part of again what I like to do. Not. I'm saying track, you but... asking me the questions has helped me explain it because I wouldn't have been able to explain it without that. Gotcha. The, the, the way you put it, dude. It sounded like you explained it 20 different times, almost like you were a lawyer representing someone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. That's what it feels like a lot of the time. Right. Like, right. Like, uh, all right, here we go again. Like, all right, sorry. So you're going to the fight and you've been working on your balance. You're walking around town? Yeah, so like I walk all around town without them. I get used to doing it. So like now, like even today, like I can walk around town without them. Like, and I do that now. And the CrossFit gym is right down the street from my house. So, like, I've been walking uh, down there without them lately. I usually don't because, you know, I had to walk on the road and I ain't trying to get hit by a car. So, I usually take my cane with me <laughs> just in case. Right. So, so it went from, it went from um, walking with the canes to you got to learn how to do it without them. So, it was... So I did that, and we were when he told us that we were at least at least two months out, maybe. So two months of intense walking around everywhere without my canes. Not to mention, not to mention, I'm cutting weight while trying to figure all this out. Dude, that's something and, I didn't even consider trying to get the matches. So not only are you trying to find other fighters who have a disability, but then you've also got to match up in the weight area. Yep. Yep. Oh. So I'm trying to, so I'm cutting weight and I've, I figure out that I can master, you know, walking without the canes or whatever. So I do that. We get up to the fight and the, the fight doctor goes to do the physical and the front, I, the guy before me in line, the first thing he made him do was duck walk. Dude, that duck walk <laughs> is no. Dude, I, I've made kids duck walk. Eighth grade boys 
duck walk, mm-hmm. and half of them can't even go from the baseline to the free throw line. Right, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm screwed. I knew it from <laughs> Like, I was like, I'm screwed. I, I knew, because, like, I was like, there's no way I can. And then, so, like, we, we, so he was like, do what you can. Like, he, he noticed that I could like he tried, I tried it as best I could, and then he noticed that I couldn't. He was like, "Do what you can," and he did all the other physical stuff, and was like, "You're good to go." Oh, and shit. he he was like, "You're good," but he was skeptical about it. I could tell he was skeptical, and so I I come out of the the physical room, and I'm like standing there with my teammates, and then uh, the promoter comes or no. One of my teammates comes back from the physical and he goes, hey, the promoter and the doctor want to talk to you with the, your coach. Can I and pause I you right before you get to that conversation? You were, I yeah. thought you were going in there medically cleared with your fight. I, I, I was up in the air about it because I could kind of tell the way he was reacting and what he was saying because he kind of. He said you're good, but he didn't say it like you're good. He said like you're. He said you're good, like move on. Oh no, I, I thought like you had gone to your doctor and you already had filed all the fighting paperwork, and all you got is like a rubber stamp. Hey, check my paperwork, doc. Oh, paperwork's great. You're cleared. Go. That's how I thought well, the process see, was. Well, see, I kind of did, but I didn't get it in writing because my doctors knew me very well, and also they were like, "Yeah, I don't see why you could like." I, so I just kind of, you know, left it at that. But it wasn't the actual form that you yeah. needed, so you still had yeah. to get a second physical. Yeah. So gotcha. okay, that's he, making more sense. So, yeah. So um, he comes back and he goes, "Yeah, they're gonna talk to you and Jason with the promoter and daughter." And I looked at one of my teammates and I was like, "They're not gonna let me fight." He goes, "Why not?" I said, "I don't know, but I'm about to go find out." <laughs> And he was like, for real? I was like, I guarantee you that's what they're about to say. So they called us in there, and, you know, they kind of explained it all. Come to find out later, like, I didn't have the full story, but found out later it was mostly a liability issue. And that's why they wouldn't let us fight. But I wonder, I, well, can I, and dude, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but I, I think it's so interesting and something to kind of think about. When they say liability issue, is it you're more likely to be hurt or is it the costs of you being hurt are more expensive than the typical costs of someone who is not an adaptive fighter and gets their neck broken or their leg? Like Conor McGregor's freaking shin splits in half and his foot's hanging off. Like, so your medical bill for your hip coming out is like five times that? See, that's the thing. That's the logistics of it that I don't know, but I'm assuming so because I, because if it wasn't, if it was just like any other fighter, I don't think it would be that big of a deal. Yeah, right. So like it, it, it comes down to like, is it more likely or is it more costly? I, I think it's both. I think they, <laughs> I think that they, I think that they think it's more likely and it is more costly. If that makes sense. Gotcha. No, yeah, that does. That does. But I wonder, like, if anyone's actually. Like, are there actual studies of the percentages of adaptive fighters that then need additional medical treatment that have to 
use the promoter's insurance to get healed. You know, like you picture yeah. Rocky and the promoter's insurance bill for what Rocky and Apollo did to each other. And they're in the hospital for like weeks, right? And they're both at yeah. death's door and like insurance, somebody's insurance is picking that up who promoted the fight. Yeah. So right. I do wonder, like, has that ever been studied or these people just operating out of fear and limiting opportunities for people who have trained and just want that's, a shot? That's, that's what I say. Like, you got to look at a guy like Nick Newell, who I think you should talk to. Notorious Nick Newell. He's like, he's a beast. He's got, he, he was born with a congenital, I think it was congenital arm amputation, so he only has one arm. But the dude is a MMA beast. He, like, his first, like, I don't know, 10 or something fights, he went undefeated, if not more than that. And now he fights for Bellator. He's got a movie of about his life coming out. Oh, no, I hadn't heard of him. That's amazing. He's a beast. He's a big inspiration. But, like, his situation is completely different. Yeah. Because he still has, you know, all his motor functions with that one arm and his legs and all that. Yeah. So, he, what he did was he just went straight pro instead of trying to go through the amateurs. And then he just kept winning and winning and winning. And he was like, that's how I got people not to tell me no. You know what I mean? Because he kept winning. But his situation is completely different because mine is more, you know, you can see it. Yeah, it's such like, a different visual, right? Like you yeah. walking into that cage is such a different visual than the guy walking in missing an arm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Like it it, it sucks because it the visual takes away from you and your skill and even your like not not we I don't I don't have the right word for it, man. But like your 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 resolve or your ability to just get hit, fall, and not be hurt. If that makes sense, right? Because it, it when people with CP walk, they they tend to look unstable, especially without their crutches and like yeah. or their canes. And it's like, oh my god, like oh he's just gonna get hurt. Oh he's got no belt. Like I can hear the people premeditating chirping about what's going to happen without ever even giving it a fair chance of, nah, man, like we don't know what this guy's about. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I'll get to the, I'll, I'll make one of my final stories, but first actually. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me stop interrupting you, man. I've interrupted you like eight times in this one story. <laughs> You're good, man. I'm having fun. Like I'm enjoying this conversation a lot. But uh, so you're going to the promoter. They had you have the feeling uh, they're not going to let you fight, and you're getting ready to figure out why. Yeah. So they're 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 talking to us, and they're like, "We can't let him fight." And we're like, "Why not?" And my coach was like, "Why not?" He has his fighter's license, and they're like, "Cause Doc says blah blah blah." And I was like, "So what do I need to do to fix it?" And the promoter tells me, "Get cleared by." Your doctor, uh, a neuro doctor, and then a fight doctor. Hmm. So, okay, cool. I'll do that. I was like, so I'm just off of this card, huh? And they're like, yeah. So I'm like, okay. And see, that was all the information I had. So I come back out. And I'm I'm pissed. I'm like, I was I was. I was a myriad of things, but pissed is the main one I could think of. Like, <laughs> well, dude, I, I was. 
your emotions, like if you're going to a place with the intent to hurt someone and avoid being hurt yourself, and then you don't even get to that level because someone says, sorry, you're not well enough to do it. All the emotions that you had towards your opponent got to go somewhere. Right, right, exactly. And it wasn't even that I had the intentions to hurt him. I was just ready to compete. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I shouldn't put words in your mouth. You're right, because that, that is a little malicious, I guess. Maybe not hurt, but I mean, compete. Sometimes fight. it does get like that. But, like, I, at that point, I was just ready to compete. Yeah. And, like, so we come out of that meeting, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm – my teammates come up to me, and they're like, so what they say? Like, I'm not fighting – Blah, blah, blah. We explained it all. And I'm like, I stood there for a minute and I looked at the cage and I literally cried. Like, I stood there and, like, I cried. Because I was like, I was ready. I felt ready. Now, in hindsight, was I really ready physically? No. Because the me back then, I would smash that me. Like, me now would absolutely destroy that. What was so yeah. weak about the me, about the you back then? It, I didn't know as much. Like, uh, and I didn't understand. Not only did I not know as much, I didn't understand as much as I do now. As far like, as I, fighting technique? As far, yes, as far as like techniques and how to use them and where to, to apply things and how, how I should actually maintain my balance, you know. Like, especially mentally, too, because, like, you see why we go grit all to the, like, just screw it all, just give it everything you got, don't slow down, like, you know, and now I've got mentality of be aggressive, but pick your spots. Calculated. Don't, Calculated aggression. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love it. So, but, yeah, so, like... I was, it was a lot. Like, I, I burst into tears, like, in front of the cage. And, like, people are, like, asking, like, talking to me about it. And then, so come to find out, one of my teammates tells me that he was standing in line for the physical behind my opponent. And um, my him and my opponent got talking. Apparently, my opponent had told him that he was like, man, I can't fight him. He's like, he's, and my buddy was like, why not? He was like, man, he's worked really hard. Don't take this from Like, you have to fight him. And dude was like, nah, man, I just can't. What, was so, your opponent that night another adaptive fighter? or? No, no, no. He was, he was an able-bodied uh, fighter. And he didn't want to fight you because he thought he would hurt you and, like, you've worked so hard he didn't want to, like, crush your dream? I'm thinking it was. I'm thinking. I'm thinking it was more the whole no win situation for him. Gotcha. Is what the, it was. Which you had already explained. It, it didn't. It didn't have anything to do with me personally. Yeah. It was the no win situation for him, which I completely understand. But at the time, the only information I had was that he backed out, and the doctors didn't win. You know, uh, so I. But I took it as he back because you got to think I was in front of him way way in front of him with the line, so I didn't hear none of this conversation mm-hmm. between between my teammate and my opponent. 
So I didn't hear none of the conversation. So I get clear. I go to the doctor before my my uh, teammate, my opponent, go to. So they're having this conversation while I'm in front. So when I come out of there, and my teammate tells me that, I'm thinking like immediately based on just going off emotions. I'm thinking, oh, he backed out because he thought he, you know. Because it's a nose win situation for him. So I was pissed at him. Yeah. And, and pissed at the commission. You know? like, so like, is I anyone going to give me a fucking opportunity? Can I yeah, just exactly. get an op? Can I be treated equally and have the opportunity? Exactly. That's exactly what it was. So, like, and me and my opponent ended up like talking later that night. Was talk- and he was talking to me about it all, and I was just kind of, I kind of just blew him off about it. Like I even called him out on like Facebook and was like, and his coach got all mad. And I was like, and I understand it now, but at yeah. the time I was like I said I was going off emotions. So yeah, like, I was yeah. Like, Dude, that's mature of you to like reflect back and understand I, his perspective as well. And be able yeah. to just take your emotions out of it, but to get that other side of his feelings. Because th- those are like those are some valid things. You you kind of felt that way when you were wrestling the girl. And, and like right. not not to belittle, but when you're going against someone who is not exactly like you, it you do f- like there there's a hesitation to it. It it really is an interesting I've never given it this much thought and I love the detail you're giving and like I can see myself in that situation and I'm really wondering like how would I feel what like if if I was the judge if I was the promoter how would I rule what what's right like it's man it's so intricate yeah and then you know now that you say that like yeah you're right because there's a lot that there's been a lot that goes in there so that happens and the they tell me to get cleared by all the stoppage. Right. So I go do that. Literally all of my doctors look me in my face and go, I don't know why they wouldn't, because if you wasn't doing it, you'd be a lot worse off. Oh, because the training, <laughs> like all the training is actually like training would do, anybody, yeah. making you yes. physically stronger, more healthy. Yes. Makes sense. <laughs> if I wasn't doing it, I'd be confined to a wheelchair probably by now. Think about probably. that. Right? Like, man, yeah. that. Shit, man. I- I'm sorry. Like, yeah. and I, I got to stop cutting you off in the middle of the story, dude. This will be my last one. I'll shut up for like two or three minutes, hopefully. But, like, that's amazing when you think of how much you're training and how, like, the consequences of you even not training. Right. <laughs> there's consequences. Like like you're saying, there's benefits, but there's also the danger too, which is something I'm gonna get to in a minute. But if I shut up. <laughs> so they, well I gotta shut up too because you keep giving you keep giving me more avenues to go into that I wanna go into. <laughs> Dude, I love it. This is what I like. I, I don't know, I like the little details, the minutiae of it. Right, right. But yeah, so they literally all say, you know, if you wasn't doing it, you'd be worse off. Which is why I tell everybody, pretty much, MMA saved my life. Like, mm. pretty much, because I am not a person that can not just not do something. If, like, if I had to be confined to a wheelchair 
it, it'd be a dissonance for me. Essentially, that's why one of the tattoos I have on my inner arm is a cross with MMA gloves wrapped around it. It's because I feel like I, God blessed me to do the sport. Matter of fact, my wrestling coach way back when, when I had lost like I had lost like maybe four matches in a row, five matches in a row, something like that, and I was gonna quit. Mm. I was gonna quit the wrestling team, and he was like. He literally goes, Matt, he goes, this is bigger than you, dude. He goes, this isn't about wrestling. He goes, it's way bigger than me. He goes, he said, you have a varsity spot on the first Dodge County wrestling team. He's like, I didn't give you that spot. He's like, God put you in that spot for a reason. And I was like, you know what, Coach, you're right. I'm very blessed and I should be more thankful to be doing this today. Plus, the team wasn't going to be quit anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, anyway, back to what I was talking about, the doctors. Dude, what a brilliant said, perspective that man, like, is just instilling. You you really have been so fortunate to have so many people just reinforce this perspective, the realization. Because, dude, it sucks. Like, anyone who fucking loses, anyone who suffers human spirit you naturally want to quit and you've had so many people it seems like that are just like remember it's not about the loss right now zoom out a little bit gain some perspective on what's going on it's beautiful man like i i love thank god there are people in the world like that yes for sure man i've been blessed and i still have people like that in my life to this day and i am so thankful for them like man and none of this would I will say that none of this happens without God, because I mean, I'm not supposed to be doing the stuff that I'm doing. He's the only reason why I am. But so I go get cleared by all my doctors, and this is this is part of the reason why I will never fight in uh, California, (laughs) because because the guy that was the commissioner, the head of the commission here, is now the head of the commission in California. Uh, and here being Georgia? Yes. Okay. But, so, I got cleared by all my doctors. But before I even went to go get cleared by all my doctors, that next, the fight was supposed to be on that Saturday night. They canceled the fight. You know, they canceled my fight. I stayed, I stayed to cheer on my teammates and all that, you know. And I could have went home because my mom would have came and got me. Because I called her in tears crying to her about right. it blah 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 and she was all do you want me to come get you and I was like no nah, I'm gonna stick by my boys until they you know get done so that next Monday the very first thing I did was call the commission the head of the commission and be like I have my fighter's license why couldn't I fight dude literally said to me we will gladly take your money and give you your fighter's license is all he pretty much said that makes no sense, though, because the fight's already passed. Exactly. I guess because, I guess because, from a, from a license sense, I guess anybody can get their license. But you know. Oh, but so you I could guess. you could have a license and then go to the fight, and the fight doctor would not clear you despite having a license. Does that happen? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's essentially what happened with me. Because they would have full discretion. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, he said that, and I was all right. Well, and then he pretty much hung up. <laughs> I I don't even remember if anything was said beyond that. But I can't remember if he hung up or I hung up. One of us hung up. I, I'm gonna say it was you. based on the fact that you went on the facebook rant i'm gonna say you were pretty in emotional state at that time well-deserved emotional estate and you uh you may have been like i'm I'm, maybe a curse was muttered but i'm pretty sure the phone was hung up aggressively or the red button on your cell phone was pushed with much force the red button i probably threw my phone too (laughs) knowing me but but, uh, so yeah, so that happens. So I go and get cleared by all the, all the doctors. They tell me to go and get cleared by, except for the flight doctor. And I can't remember why I didn't get cleared. I think it's because I couldn't get in to see one or something like that. Or he, something happened. But anyway, so like we decide, okay, they're not going to give me MMA fights right now. What about grappling tournaments? Okay. So, so we decided to do some grappling tournaments. I do a couple of them. And then, <laughs> this is, you're about to get a weird connection story for this. This, this is going to take about a minute and a half. So, <laughs> so, I'm training still, but I'm also helping coach the wrestling team. Okay. Because, because my coach is still there, whatever he does. And I don't, I help build the program. I don't want to leave till I'm dead, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So, like, so I'm helping coach the wrestling team. One of our wrestlers is basically like a little brother. Because, like, he, we were managers on the football team together. His older brother, I was supposed to graduate with, so we were really close. So then, when little brother came through, he became kind of like my little brother. So their dad works at an air, the Air Force base here that's, that's like 45 minutes from here. So he knows he knows somebody that works there that trains with another guy with CP. No shit. Yeah. So they get us linked up through a bunch of stuff, whatever. And see, I know the guy that he works with because I've trained with those guys before. So he links us up he links me up with the other guy with C P. And so I'm thinking, alright. And me and him had never met or whatever. Like and we we had talked about training together, but we also talked about competing against each other too, whichever came first. So it, <sighs> And this promotion that is that's based about an hour and a half from me is putting on an event, and it was a it was a local event. So like, and we've been to most of those events, and like, so our local turnout from where we are, an hour and a half from the venue, is a pretty good turnout. And knowing how much people, you know, how much I love having people come around when I do something. I was like, plus one of my teammates was fighting on the car 
And I was like, man, I really want to compete with him because he's like my brother, you know. Like, we made a pack. Actually, we made a pack from high school to do MMA together after high school. Oh, no shit. So you're doing this with, like, dudes you've wrestled with in high school? Yeah. Oh, man, that's matter fucking fact, awesome. Matter of fact, there was four of us in the pack and two of us are, only, are the only two doing it. Me and him are <laughs> Gotcha. The other one's in the uh, the other one is in the military, so much respect to him. Me and the other one became preachers, so also much respect to him. And I still still love them all to death. But right. anyway, so he was fighting on the farm, and I'm like, I want to be a part of this somehow. I was like, how do I do this? I want to be able to compete with my bro and be on this card and get in the cage. So I'm like, what if I did a grappling match? I was like, I wonder if I can get a grappling match on that card. Huh. And so my, can I my, can I pause you for a moment just because I'm I don't know what a grappling match what what the details or the rules would be so just a real basic way to explain for me and anyone else who's ignorant right. what is so a grappling grapp match? Grappling matches would be submission wrestling. Okay. So jujitsu, jujitsu. Where you make somebody tap out, get them to the ground, or stand them, whatever. However, you can make somebody tap out, make them tap out. God. Just no, no punches or kicks. Okay. Great. So, Great explanation. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm like, I wonder if I can get a grappling match on this car. And then, so I reach out to the guy, the other guy with CP, and he's like, well, I, and I tell him, I'm like, I'm thinking about doing this, but I don't know how it's going to go. And he was like, well, if they say yeah, and tell them you, and you need an opponent, tell them you know a guy. Oh, shit. So I was like, all right, run it. <laughs> so, so I literally, I messaged, I messaged the matchmaker, and I'm like, hey, look, I'm Matt. I'm Matt Burton, yada, yada, yada. I have CP. I've been training with this one. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, I know. I literally said, I know what I'm asking, but I am making the same conscious decision that everybody that steps in that cage is going to make. All I'm asking for is an opportunity to make it happen. And he was like, and I was like, I have an opponent. I have a guy in mind. He has CP too. We're around the same weight class. We can make it work. I was like, all I'm asking is for the opportunity. He was like, all right, man, let me see what I can do. Lo and behold, like a few days later, they're like, you're on. You yeah. and him in a grappling match. So I'm like, oh, hell yes. Like, Dude, you like, must have gone through the fucking roof, man. I I, I, I really did. Like, <laughs> I, I can't even... I know how I am, so I'm trying to go back to that exact thing and how I reacted, but I can't picture it. But I know how I know how I reacted. You know what I mean? I know how. But a lot of Ric Flair came out of you that day. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and then it was it was about thirty minutes of of Ric Flair, and then it was all right. Let's get to work. Love it. Love the yeah. mentality. Love it. So, like, grinding out that training camp was a whole lot of fun because I got to train with my buddy. I got to train with my buddy, like, 
actually train with him to do something and not just help him train. Right. So that, like, that was cool. And then, like, the promotion did, they did a bang-up job to, like, promote it and made it see, make it look, like, as legit as possible. Like, they made us posters and everything. It was fun. Oh, no way. They hyped yeah, they hyped us up and everything. Dude, that's got to be a different kind of feeling, man. I've heard, I, I've heard when you walk in somewhere, whether it's a stand-up comedian, an actor, actress, whatever, like you see your face, your likeness on a poster, and then there are people coming, walking by that poster to watch me perform. That's yeah, got to exactly. be a different sort of feeling, man. Exactly. Like I was. Matter of fact, before the show started, we walked into the arena and we're all like standing around talking to our friends or whatever. The DJ goes, "Where all the Matt Burton fans at?" And like half the people in there like went nuts. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, Dude. "What is that?" I haven't felt that in a while because like at right. this point I'm what four four years removed from high school, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, I'm like, I hadn't felt that in a while. So, like, that was really cool. So then, so, like I told you, my um, my wrestling coaches, I don't remember, Coach Greer was there, but then the other coach that meant to walk to me that actually, like, you know, that pulled me aside to help me out so much that I loved to death, he was there. So, like, everybody that meant something to me was there. My mom was there. Like, even though it drove my mom insane. Dude, I, I, I haven't asked, but like, and I, I don't even know if I want to <laughs> try to understand your mother's perspective on watching her son. Because um, I, I can't imagine everything she went through to get you to the point to be functional. If you're telling well, me you were never supposed to walk, and now she's watching you go to a place where dudes go to that place and some of them don't get to walk afterwards the right way. Like the range right. of emo versus the pride of the mother knowing the work you've put in and just the physique, the strength, the power. Right. Like she's got to be so conflicted herself. I know. And yeah. After like, you know, after putting it into, after she came to the first two I told her, I was like, you don't have to come to me more if you don't want to, because I know, because, like, I know, like, I was like, I I, I don't want to put you through that. So right? Don't. Yeah. I was like, you don't. I was like, if you want to go back and watch it later, you can watch it later, but you don't have to. Knowing that I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, but, uh, she was there, so that meant a lot to me, like, some of the kids that I helped train were there, like, like some of the kids, some of the families that like had been around me that I had helped, you know, help through working out with them and training with them were there. Like, there was there was so many people. I can't remember if this. Oh, that was the second one I did up for Nichols, but anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> So we get out there, we get backstage, and this is where they messed us up. And they do it almost every time. So they put my boy on right before me. 
like the way the card was set up, it was all these guys, and then it was, and then it was him, and then it was me. <laughs> so, like neither one of us got to watch each other. Well, he got to watch me. Oh. I so, see. I, I I don't think about those little details as far as the placement, but if you've got that bond, yeah, man, I can see yeah. how that would be like that would just fucking like up. I, I had the the first time that one was was wild because uh, backstage, like I'm trying to, I have a hard time keeping my emotions checked sometimes. <laughs> so like being backstage and getting I have a I have a problem of overhyping. I bet. And not and not hyping at the right moment. Right. So like I had to keep bringing myself down and bringing myself down and bringing myself down. And backstage the, that first night, like I was so imp. Like people kept coming back and talking to me and stuff. And I'm sitting there like right before, right before I start the warm up. And I I'm pretty sure I cried four like four times backstage because I was just like. I'm here. I'm actually backstage in the world of it. Like, my dad's freaking watching me. Like, he would be, like, he would have been the first person back here. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, this is something we wanted for each other. So, like, this is about to be awesome. Like, so. What you just said right there, man, to me is so powerful. And and not not to, I don't know, like, make it about a, disability thing or an adaptive thing but what i what moved me was the opportunity thing and it can get very overlooked where people don't want to take a risk because they worry about possible consequences where if they don't give the opportunity we know what the consequences are what the consequences are you can't do you have no purpose for your training and that's a very bleak place to be if all you want is a shot like dude let me go in the ring and the ring will tell me if i suck the ring will tell me when i need to stop but don't tell me i can't if i can't even get in there and be told be shown that i can't and the fact that like all those emotions man like i'm even getting hyped dude hearing the story putting myself in your shoes i can't imagine with all the work you're putting in to be in that moment. Yeah, dude, I, 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 I might have not stopped crying. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd have gone to the fucking cage, teared out. My robe would have been drenched. Did. I almost did. But, like, I had to pull it together because... Right? Because that's what we do. One of, the, one of the reasons I run to the cage is to show people that I, like, I can do this. Love it. Like, that's one of the reasons, but the other reason is so I don't freak myself out to the point where I like so I don't like overdo it. On that slow walk where you're in your own head for that long? Yeah, and have the adrenaline jump dump of you know Yeah man. So like yeah. So that's so that night so like I cried four times. I I get ready, we get in the one of the things I always say, like I always have somebody say a prayer or I say a prayer to myself and then I, I'll look up and I'll go, I love you old man, let's go to work. Mm. And like as I from that point on I'm good. Like you to like 
from that point on, I'm, when I when those words come out of my mouth, I'm locked in. Like I have nothing else on my mind. Dude. So, so that night goes, and it starts crazy. Cause like as soon as the rest says go, everybody starts going nuts, and then one of us hit the ground, and you hear them start going even crazier. And it's like okay, and I'm hearing them like. I hear some people like, come on, Matt, come on, Matt, blah, blah, blah. And I'm hearing my coaches telling me what to do. And I'll give dude his credit. He was strong. And, like, he caught me in a, something I didn't expect him to catch me with. So, like, I'm in there. Like, we're moving around, whatever. I'm trying to push him off of me. He catches me. I tap. And I hugged him. And all I can think was fighting. Like, I wasn't even mad that I, I was a little upset that I lost because I felt like I had let people down. Mm-hmm. But I mean, all I could think was finally, like we 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 got it done. Like first ones out the way. Like we finally got it done. We got the opportunity. That's you got a precedence. Hey man, I got a precedence. Like I can get yeah. in the ring and look, look, didn't cost you any money. <laughs> yeah. Nobody died. Exactly. Nobody broke anything. Like exactly. And then, so, like, all the people, like, they came in and they grabbed us, like, and they put us up on their shoulders and carried us out. It was it was a crazy time. Dude, that's dope as hell. Crazy, crazy fun time. And then, so, I do a couple more grappling tournaments. Can I, then, I'm curious, why not just stick with the grappling? Why continue to try to go MMA? Does everyone ask you that? They're like, Matt, fucking just just be a grappler. Is that a common question? Yes. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be insulting in any way. No, 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 no. It's not insulting. It's funny because my answer is going to be hilarious. You're going to laugh. <laughs> but one, all right. Here's the here's the technical answer. Of because just grappling, you know what to expect. Somebody punches you while you're trying to grapple, the whole game changes. Because you got punches coming at you now. So you can't. So, so, all right, say like, say like if um, somebody's on top of you, right? And they want to go for an arm chuck where they have to jump off the side or whatever, right? So if they're, if they're trying to set up their arm chuck, I punch them in the ribs, they're going to go. <clears throat> And then I'm going to be able to turn them over. I punch them over. You see what I'm saying? No, yeah, I do. So it's the, you just another added variable. So you just like the added difficulty and complexity of instantaneous problem solving. <laughs> well, there's <it's> that <laughs> and that. You like doing and, Sudoku while the house is on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like... It's like Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a game plan, so they got fucked. That's one of the, dude, Mike Tyson might be the most underrated philosopher of our lifetimes. The fucking quotes that that dude comes up with are next level. But like, all right, say like I'm on top of somebody, right? And I'm punching at them. Or if if I'm punching at them and they're worried about, they're worried about my hands hitting them. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about that submission that's coming behind the punches. 
Gotcha. So it but also it, gives it, you a, it, just another way to go after the opponent. Yeah. It it changes the game a little bit. It it's not it's not oh we're only grappling here because like yes you may be better than me at grappling straight up grappling but what if we add punches? Gotcha. How much better are you at me now than me now? Can and again not to be insulting but to help my perspective, middle school basketball coach. I've seen wrestlers. I see how important their legs are. And now when I hear grappling, how much of a disadvantage is the CP in grappling where, dude, like, again, viewers will hopefully, like, you send in a pic, people can see your arms. Like, you're, you're pretty fucking jack, dude. So I imagine the punches would be a real benefit to almost help overcome the lack of or the missing leg strength that you need to be a grappler from what I would guess since I've never grappled. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You're just so nice, dude. You're so nice. I get so wordy with how I ask questions and you're just like, yep. (laughs) I mean, that's that's, that's it. But it it makes it do when you put it like that, it makes sense. Like grappling actually is a real disadvantage to you because almost, and again, not to belittle, but like, Half of, almost a, half of your body strength is not there for you. Where if we involve the punching, and I'm thinking about you fucking running with these crutches, man, and like just the muscle memory and the deltoid and the traps and like the 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 ah right and everybody, like everybody comments on my traps like, right like weird. but dude I'm like, like they're not even that big. No, it doesn't have to be that big, though, but it's just the reps and the strength, and it's like farmer strength, right? If you're fucking bailing hay hay all day, you just got that farm strength. Yeah, farm strength is real. Dude, right? Like, it's like grown man strength, and you come to a farmer, and you're like, damn, dude, I didn't realize, like, how do you have a pot belly, and you're that fucking strong? Because you're messing with equipment It's so funny. It's so funny you say that, because when I grab people's wrists a lot, and I don't even squeeze. They're like, "Dang, that's tight." Like if I if I try to get an arm submission or like a shoulder submission, yeah, yeah. And, I grab, and I grab the wrist, they're like, "Dang, dang." Well, dude, dude that's think tight. about like if you're grabbing those canes and you're going. Think about yeah. how much work you've got. That me walking. What am I doing with my hands? With my forearm muscles? With my finger muscles? I'm not fucking doing anything. I might be clicking right. a pen. I've been sitting here clicking a pen. That's my workout. So like that and now, and the reason I bring it up, Matt, is because like that just puts into perspective and I hadn't even considered it, dude, the advantage you would have, it's being taken away from you and the disadvantage, the disability is like almost being emphasized in the grappling because it's half of the strength, half of the part of grappling. Well, it's a mix of both because... In grappling, there's some things that my where my strength is that helps out a lot. Okay. Like, but there there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I can't do. Like one of the basic submissions we do is a triangle. It involves the legs. I'm pretty sure if you've seen uh, UFC, you've seen people get triangle submissions. I have not, but I can. So, go ahead. A triangle is triangle is somebody is laying on their back, 
you take their arm and you pull it across the opposite side of the way you're going. You throw one leg over their neck, over the back of their neck, and then you throw the other leg on top of your leg and lift your hips up and squeeze. Pull the head down and squeeze. Okay. I I can't do that. Gotcha. Because of, because of the flexibility, not because of my leg strength, because of the flexibility of my hips. Gotcha. But, but, there's an arm triangle that I can do where it's basically the same thing, except you squeeze with your arms and the guy's running on the back and you're off to the side. Okay. See what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. trade-off. There's, there's a trade-off. From submission to submission. And but somebody with the flexibility would have both of those moves, where you are just limited to the arm triangle, right? Right. Yeah. I, and, dude, I'm not, and again, I, I really don't mean to be insulting in any way. I'm just trying to help if anyone <laughs> listens to understand, to me, what I got is like, you deserve the opportunity to either get punched out or to punch your way in <laughs> to a real fight because – it, it adds a level of opportunity to you where the grappling right. is much more limiting. Yeah, exactly. Grappling is much, it's not linear, but it's much more linear yeah. than MMA. You see what I'm saying? I do. No, yeah, I'm starting, I've, it, honestly, man, like I've never spent two and a half hours like really like thinking about this situation. And I just, I'm so appreciative of you being open, letting me ask stupid questions and not being insulted, <laughs> to be okay. honest with you. Like no, if, you, haven't, you haven't asked me a stupid question yet. I'm, I'm glad you're asking them the way you're asking them because it's going to help me in the future to elaborate on them better. I love so, it. I love it. Like that, it doesn't bother me at all. Awesome. Awesome. And like, I really do try to try to go that way. Cause again, part of the pod, like, getting to know you let me help understand what's going on and everything you've broken down man now i understand why the like what was it hey old man let's go to work let's grind like why that meant so much yeah it's like here we go we're back at it again yeah like dude i just i want to be able to use my strengths i want to be able to be optimal i don't want to be limited I want my whole right. range. I, I want everything available to me. I don't want to be caged exactly. in in a cage. <laughs> exactly. That's why. Um, that's why with, with grappling, I know that if somebody gets on top of me, I'm gonna have to work really, 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 really hard. But if I get on top of somebody else, that's 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 yeah. my moment. Gotcha. Take advantage of my moment. Take what I can get. Yeah, because that's you- why. Certain certain moves for me are my go-to moves, and they all work, and they all work because I have different variations for those certain moves that work. If I go to work something that I'm not used to, especially like something based off my legs, it throws me for a loop, and it's going to take me a minute, and I'm going to get frustrated with myself because yeah. I, I'm not used to this because I haven't worked on it because I've ruled it out as a possibility. Yeah, right. And I'm even thinking of the MMA, the limited MMA fights that I've seen when dudes or when people are on their back, the legs are the first thing they use to keep the opponent from closing that gap. 
And man, yep. if, if you don't have that because of a limited flexibility issue, that gap immediately is closed and that's, yep. that's a terrible position to be in. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, so then to not be able to punch on top of that, but grapple, you can't keep away. Yeah, man, dude, it really is. And I, I don't know if I'm articulating it well. Maybe I'm just like overly self-conscious, but I really am starting. It's almost like an epiphany where I'm like, oh, so a motherfucker's trying to like jump on me and I can't even, he doesn't even have to worry about me hitting him with like a jab or a cross. It's just easier for him to close the gap. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. That because all right. So I did a couple more grappling matches, right? Yeah. Thank you for getting us back on track. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No problem. Like I, I just remembered this because I was about to go to the last, the last like three, three big things that I did before. Oh, we were supposed to talk about the show. I forgot. We'll I think we've been talking to, dude, honestly, like, I think everything we've been saying talks about the show because even why not just do grappling? Right. To me, if you're trying to bring spotlight and opportunity to adaptive fighters and giving them opportunities, I think we just explained why you shouldn't be limited if you're an adaptive fighter to strictly grappling. Right. Exactly. And see, that's part of the show. Yeah. Part of the reason I wanted to do the show was because I wanted to show people what I was capable of. Like, I wanted to try to open people's eyes to try to get, you know, especially commissions, athletic commissions, and, you know, all that. Like, look, there's more than, like, there's plenty of us out there. Mm -hmm. We can, like, if you give us the opportunity, we will make the most of it. You know? And that's all I'm really looking for is the opportunity. But the way the way that I the way the show came about was like I can't just keep talking about it. I gotta shape. Yeah, right. Show. So, but so I did a couple more uh, grappling matches or grappling tournaments and and matches, and then so it just so happened that. Somehow in Florida, one of the promotions that I know, I know the guys that run the promotion really well, or I knew them pretty well, and uh, they had just put on an adaptive MMA fight hmm. with two guys that had CP. So I was like, huh, I know these guys. If I ask them, they may be able to set me up with the opportunity. Okay. So I reached out to them, you know, and uh, they they got it together. Like, they tried to put it together as best they could. And, like, they talked to me and the, the other guy from the, the first grappling match I did. His name's Daniel Nasca. He's a pretty cool dude. But, uh, so they talked to me and Daniel, and they're like, we'll see what we can do. And so I kind of... I felt bad because I felt like I was bugging them about it. <laughs> I was like messaging them every week. Because like, I was like thinking, because they're like, that, it's a possibility. So as soon as they said it was possible, I was like, all right, I'm going to start training for this. Mm -hmm. And so when people would see me and stuff, like see me out at the store or whatever, like, what you doing? I'm like, oh, well, I'm working on this. This might come up. I don't know if it is. 
but this is here, you know, it could be here, could not, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, like, I was blowing them up, like, every week about it, you know, are we fighting, is it just grappling? Because me and Daniel wanted to run it back anyway, and we thought about, you know, the possibility of it being MMA, so um, we talked to them, they got back to us and said, you guys are fighting, and I said, oh, yeah. Like fighting, fighting, MMA. Like actual MMA fighting. Whoa. So that comes about. And that, I was a lot more calm this time. (laughs) Plus, it wasn't an hour away from my hometown. Yeah. So it wasn't that pressure. Like, it was. Hold on, one, two. Okay. It was actually closer to his hometown oh. because he had actually moved to Florida, so the fight was in Florida. So it was closer to his hometown. So, fair enough trade-off. Because <laughs> um, the first time we did it close to my hometown, second time it was close to his hometown. So fair enough trade-off there. So, yeah. We got to do an actual MMA fight, put the gloves on, everything, got the hands wrapped, shin guards on, all that. He ended up beating me by decision. And that's just because in the third round, I could not get up. He took me down and got on top of me, and I could not get up because I was tired because I won the second round. So I was punching him as hard as I possibly could in the ribs. And I guess I punched myself out. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, I've never been in that position. But I, I've I've raced where I give my kick a little too early. And it, right. it, it's a deflating feeling to just reach inside of you to know you can go faster or stronger right. or whatever. But know that you cannot at this moment. <laughs> right. It's just like, fuck, man. What did I do? Yep, yep. I was like. He was on top of me, and I'm, like, trying to move him, and I'm, like, stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I can't get up. can't get up. But, yeah, he won by decision. So, at this point, he had beat me twice, so I was, like, all right, move on. You know, so, did a couple. I may have done one more grappling tournament since. No, no, no. I I took off grappling tournament after that anyway fight for a while because I wanted to do more of it, but... I was going to try to run it back with him, but it kind of just filled it out. Yeah. So then um, our the gym that I was at, the uh, the, affili- the, the instructor that we were under owned another gym that was connected, affiliated with a Henzo Gracie gym. And if you know anything about MMA and Jiu-Jitsu, the Gracies are like, the, they are the godfathers of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So he knew a guy that trained that uh, was a, in the military. I believe he was Navy, and he he had a spinal cord injury, but he was on he's like a beast of a Jiu-Jitsu player, and so like he knew about him. So he was like introducing, telling me about him and. We were talking about linking up and stuff and all that. Come to find out that that company that did uh, 
Shout out to them, by the way. They, they called South Georgia Fighting Championship. They're not in business anymore, I don't think, but they may come back soon. Um, <laughs> They'll hear the shout but, out when they're resurrected. <laughs> right. So, so they were doing a military card. So they were doing like a military honors card, something like that. And again, one of my brothers was going to fight on that card. And he, I'm sure as you can tell now, from this part, from getting to know me, that I have a very deep, deep respect for the military. And yeah. Like, you know, my parents were military. So I was like, man, I want to be a part of this card. I was like, I got to figure out how to do that. Like I said, Brian, who, yeah, shout out to Brian, because Brian Freeman is the, is the guy's name that I'm talking about, the spinal cord injury. That dude, he's another one of my jiu-jitsu group brothers. He's an absolute monster. He's he's and I, he's a great human being. Like I love that guy to death. So like he, so I was like, how do I be a part of this card? So I reached out to him and was like, hey man, they're doing this military card, and I'm trying to get a grappling match on it. I know you're military. I feel like it'd be a great opportunity for you, and like for with my jiu with my deep strength in the military, I was like, I want to be on it really, really bad. What do you think? And he was like, man, I'm down. So we set that up, and that one, that one was a big one for me because literally half the crowd <laughs> came from my hometown. Not kidding. Literally okay. half the crowd. Like, that one was so much fun. Because, like, I have cousins that are in the military, and one of them got to come and walk me to the cage for the fight. So, like, man, it was awesome. And how did like, it turn out, the fight? I lost, but... <laughs> I, I love the way you the, smile when you say it, man. Like, you yeah, just... Here's the, thing, here's the thing about that loss. Like, I, I love, like I said, I love Brian to death. So, like, Losing that one, it only it only hurt me because my cousin who was in the military was there to watch me. Like, and he had, I think he was stationed in Colorado at the time, so like he had come all the way down here to watch me lose. Oh. And like, <laughs> that's what I felt like. Yeah, right. So it's like, man. But like I say, I love Brian to death, so I was happy for him to get the win, but. For me to like, and but to give him that opportunity was awesome because now, since then, I've gotten to work with him a few times. I'm actually supposed to go visit him sometime soon to train with him if I can figure out what's going on with me. But uh, um, but that one was the big one because, like I said, literally half the crowd was was there for us. And um, what else happened? Oh, uh, so we go out for that fight. I told you I run to the cage, right? Mm-hmm. My niece, my close friend's daughter, she's, they were like family, so I call her my sister, right? So my niece wanted to walk out with me. So we all get ready to walk out. My music hits. What, what's I, I your start, song? Do you have one song or does it change? I, I pick 
themes for my fights. Okay. Based on based on how I'm feeling. So the song usually it's either the song first and then the theme, or the theme and then the song. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it's weird. No, it's all right. So, that makes sense. But what was the song to, on that night? It was No Problem by Chance the Rapper. Oh, if one more in the yeah. lobby, could there be some dreadhead in the... Is yeah. that it? You yeah. don't want no problems, want no problems with me. Yeah. Dude, I yeah, jogged to that thing. Man, dude, that thing hits. Like when yeah. the beat drops on that, my pace picks up. That's a great yeah. song. Yeah, great exactly. call, great call. So, so, and this is what I did. Um, I'm a big comic book nerd, right? Are you? I haven't heard. I mean, <laughs> yes. We we discussed this. So, <laughs> what I did was I had a friend of mine edit it to where the Joker from Suicide Squad, okay, comes in and he, well, the the scene where he says, "Oh, I'm not gonna kill you." I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad. <laughs> I had him put that in the front of it. So that goes off first. And then you hear that, one more label trying to stop me. And I went, absolutely like, <laughs> and it was funny because my sister's standing at, right at the entrance because her daughter's walking out. With so she's recording us. I have my niece's hand, like, that starts, and I'm looking at her, I'm looking at my sister, and I'm laughing, because she starts singing the song, I'm already singing the song, so I start laughing, and we both start laughing, and I start walking, and then I took off and started running, and like, I let go of her hand and ran, and then halfway through, I'm like, I let her go. <laughs> but she, she walked out to the side to her mom, and thank Dude, God. at least you're not dragging her. I could, dude, yeah. in the moment, I'd have been like clutched on her. Oh, oh. <laughs> like, I took off and like ran to the cage. I was like, and it was funny because right before the right before the chorus hit the song, like, I'm running and he hit that, and I went, yeah, right. and like, took off running even faster. Like, it was nuts. But so that match goes down and me and me and Brian have a it was a hard fought battle. And there was one point in it where I thought he was gonna break my arm <laughs> because I literally was like, he's gonna have to break it because I'm not tapping. <laughs> yeah, I've like, never had like it's such a hard the closest thing I can come is when like I'm trying to push a pace and I'm trying to hit a whatever, like seven minute mile, and I'm steady right. at seven fifteen and I'm like Fuck, man, do I want to risk whatever comes with me grabbing that extra 15-second pace? But it, right. it's, it, I, it, it's not on the level of – I mean, maybe it is. Maybe a heart attack is worse than a broken arm. I don't know. But, like, in my head, I'm like, worst case, like, I'm going to pull a hamstring or some shit. But I, I, it's right. hard to understand the pain in the moment and then the determination of, fuck it, man, let your arm break kind of yeah. a thing. This is this is the way this is literally how it went in my head because he had my arm torqued so torqued so far back that I was like, uh, "This is bad. I'm probably about to tap." And I was like, "No, your cousin's here, bro. <laughs> like he like he came all the way here to watch you. 
I'm like, you're going to have to snap it. And then he finally let go because he couldn't do anything with it. I was like, oh, then I ended up getting choked. <laughs> you're like, like, thank, thank God. 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 Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like, he let go. And then I was like trying to face up. And then he grabbed my neck. And I was like, dude, this is how strong he was. I felt like he was squeezing my neck with his fingers. Oh. Like this. Like, with just his fingers. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's how strong he was. He wasn't doing that, but that's what it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, because even after, like, after the match, I walked up, like, I went up to him, like, what did you do? He was like, oh, dude, this is what I did. I was like, dude, it felt like you were squeezing me with just your fingers. He was like, nah, man. Dude, that's the He's amazing like, thing about fighters when I see it. Even when the fighters lose, just the fact that they had the balls to go compete, the respect afterwards between them for the most part seems so authentic and there's so much love in that moment, in those moments afterwards. It's um, it's amazing because I, I, I don't get to experience that or see that often. Dude, you should start doing jiu-jitsu. Man, dude, I'm 40. Stop. I'm happy that, matter of fact, I'm trying to get five miles in tomorrow and not be sore. And I'm good. I'm I'm a no con. I've stopped basketball. I don't jump in traffic. I go golf. I'll kayak. I'll jog. I'm not into this contact, man. I'm done with it. I'm going to put it to you this way. I think that everybody should be jiu-jitsu. I agree with you. When they're early not, and flexible. Right. <laughs> No, no, no! It's never too late to start, dude. I know, I know, guys that are in their fifties killing it right now. You know what I mean? But like, I think, I think everybody should do it, not just for the, not just for the physical aspects of it, because it is a good workout, whether you're doing it to compete or whether you're doing it just to, um, just to work out. It's right. a really good workout, but also. The mental clarity that it brings, like man, it's kind of like learning because I know for a lot of people, learning brings them that mental clarity. But like the the mental clarity you feel after a good rolling session is like you can't just you can't describe it. Yeah, it. I, I think that's what American a large part of American society is missing is. We're so fortunate that so much of our lives can go without actually physically exerting ourselves as a society. And like, we're not meant to be that way. We're meant to physically, we're meant to sweat. We're meant to grind. Like, I really feel like that's within inside the human. And if you don't get that out, it turns into bad stuff. Um, it, I just, it really does. So I think like, regardless of how you get it, although the jujitsu, I think would be next level confidence because now if I get backed into a corner right now, what I'm looking for is open space. Cause what I'm hoping is I could slap you and you can't keep up with me. I just take off. (laughs) You never catch it. That's my go-to. I give you one little slap and then I'm out. But if I had some actual rolling skills, I I, I would, I might feel different about myself even as a 40 year old man. Right. Right. You know? Like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it for as long as my body can hold up. Cause even if, even if say I retire, like and I go into coaching, I'm still gonna wanna you know roll just to get the yeah. You have a better 
like, it's the same thing with CrossFit for me. If I feel like I don't want to go, like, matter of fact, there was a workout we did at CrossFit the other day. It was a thousand meter row, 150 jump rope, and then a mile run. And a lot of the times we have to adapt the workouts for me, like where I can do them. Like the jump rope, all I did was do explosive jumps, which is just punching through the toes, trying to spring up. Gotcha. So, so I did that. And when it came down to the run, I was like, I don't know if I want to cut the run in half or if I want to do the whole, whole mile. And see, again, surrounding yourself with good people, mm-hmm. I, asked, I asked the guy, my buddy, my brother, but I've been training with him wanting to compete on the same card with. He's actually the guy that runs the CrossFit classes right now. So I was talking to him. I was like, do I cut the mile in half? Because he helped me adjust a lot of the workouts too. So I'm like, do I cut the mile in half or do I win the whole mile? He goes, got to see it through. <laughs> I go, I go, all right. Famous cool. last words. Yeah, I go. I go. All right, cool. And then one of our buddies walked in the gym, and he seen me scale a lot of workouts back, you know. And he was like, "I was like, well, this is gonna suck." And he's like, "You gonna run the whole mile?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then once I said yeah, I was like, "Well, now I have to run the whole mile." Dude, as soon as you (laughs) speak it, that's why people post shit on social media because it's that accountability aspect of said I was gonna do it. Yep. So I ran, I did the whole workout. I ran the whole mile. And I was like, and I told my buddy as we were getting ready to leave, but I was like, you know, I was really dreading that mile, but I'm really glad I did it. Right. Like, I felt so good after doing it. Because, like, I did it without falling, and it didn't take, it might have took me like 10 minutes, maybe. Dude, a 10 minute mile um, in just, without cp a 10 minute mile like i've run 5ks fairly regularly my daughter's into cross country like a 10 minute mile is respectable a 30 ish minute 5k is respectable so that's dude that that's pretty fucking amazing man it it normally takes me around between 10 to 12 minutes to do a mile yeah so like and depending on what I'm doing beforehand. Yeah, 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 right. Have you heard of that workout, Murph? Workout what? It's a workout called Murph. Uh-uh. It's, one, it's a one-mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and then another mile run. 100 pull-ups? Yep. Like, are these – so th- this is something about CrossFit – that I kind of have a beef with. And so I was in national guard and I went to, um, whatever, basic training for Benning. And maybe I missed something the way CrossFit people do pull-ups. I don't feel like it's right. I feel like it's all momentum. I feel, and if I'm speaking out of turn, you can correct me. But I'm like, when I think of pull-ups, I think of like jailhouse, where like when you pull it up, the bar goes behind your head and you're static. And the way yeah. these people like swing and go up and swing, I'm like, yeah. is a hundred a big deal? But a hundred's a huge fucking number at the same time. Right. Right. So 
I used to think that exact same way until I started doing it. Okay. <laughs> because the way they explain it is it's pull-ups are supposed to be full body anyway. Uh-huh. Unless, you, unless you're doing strict, which is all off where you're just static. Just, yeah, you know, right? You, why would you... The way it got explained to me is Use your big movers first, and then your little movers. Well, so, because you're trying to make your little movers big, that's why you use your little movers to move the big right. parts of you. But, that's how you get but, jacked. Like the the dudes right. who can just do pull ups for right. nothing, man. They're fucking biceps, the triceps, the lats. All that yeah. shit is just shredded. Right, but here's the thing too: when you do when you do like a kipping pull up, like like you're explaining like how to swing, you're opening up your lats more too. Oh. Yeah. So see, it, it targets me when you do that. Cause I used to think the exact same thing, and then and then uh, that guy explained it. So like now I understand the difference between a butterfly pull up, chest to bar pull up, strict pull ups. Yeah, see, I might have to take a I've never taken a CrossFit class and I might have to just to get an a better understanding of the science or anatomy behind it. Um so that I, I don't sound like a jackass when I make those kind of judgments. Cause I'm like a mile, no problem. A hundred pull-ups, like I don't know if I could ever do a hundred pull-ups. It would take me a fucking hour. I'd be right, lucky yeah, in an hour to finish a hundred pull-ups. Right. And see, normally Normally, I do it with a partner, so we split the reps. Okay. But um, this year, I didn't do it with a partner, so I cut it in half. So it was half a mile, 50 pull-ups, 100 push-ups. Okay. 150 air squats because another half mile. Took me 40 minutes and something to do. All that? 40 minutes? Yeah, dude, that's, like, that's intense to me. Yeah, like I was, I was spent, especially because I did all 150 air spots without stopping, and that was the dumbest thing I could have uh. did. <laughs> like, because I got stuck walking out the door to go do the run because my leg was so shot. I bet. I fucking bet. <laughs> but yeah, but see, what happened was I was like, I'm going to break them in 20s. I was like, I'm going to break them in 20s and, and leave it at that. So I got the 20 and I was like... Why would you do 20s if it's 150? That doesn't even... Just so that 10 at the end? <laughs> yeah, I was like... I was like... I said, I'm going to break them into 20s. It'll be all right. I got the 20 and was like, just keep going. There's just 30 more. <laughs> and I did 30 more and I was like, all right, well, keep going. I was like, keep going. Do 20 more. Then <laughs> okay, came, do 30 more. Until I got there and I was like, I was like, that was dumb. And then when I got to the ramp, because, like, the way the gym set up, like, you got to walk down the ramp to get to the running area. So, as I got on the ramp, my legs got stuck, and I was like, crap. Crap, I can't move. (laughs) (laughs) It took me, like, like maybe 45 seconds to get off the ramp. Somebody had to help me down (laughs) just to get my legs to move again. Just to get the half mile running. I was like, that was so stupid. I was like, that was so stupid. Why did I do that? No that doubt. was dumb. No doubt. Should have stretched more. Should have stretched more before. 
to the stretch point, and I should have broke him up. Like I said, I was going to do sort of trying to be really badass. It, but that uh, that's what makes I don't know. That's what makes people like you, and I guess maybe a little bit of people like me. Although I think I got a little more inner bitch than you. Um, <laughs> but like, you just get competitive, right? You're like, what's two more? What's five more? Could I go yeah. ten seconds faster? What? Why not? Yeah. Like, that's. It, and, I don't know if it's that, healthy or not, but I feel like it's, I don't know. It makes working out more fun. Yeah, exactly. And see, that's, that's a lot of what, a lot of what CrossFit taught me is stop trying to compare yourself to everybody else and be competitive to yourself. Yeah. It's golf. CrossFit is yeah. golf, but with weird ass exercises. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, dude, hundred, hundred percent. I just don't want to pay the money, to be honest with you. I'm just so fucking cheap. I don't want to pay to see this. I can like Google the workouts and then I guess try to figure out my own form. Is uh, right. You see, here's the thing about that though. Yeah, if you, just, if, if you Google it, are you gonna get the technique right? No, hundred percent, no, because I don't have the mirrors. I'm not recording myself. Nobody's telling me my back's all fucked up or. Yeah. See, that's the thing. And that's one of the things that CrossFit has really, really helped me with. I've got stronger through doing CrossFit because first thing one of my coaches, my coach, CrossFit coach told me is I don't care what the clock says. Yeah. Because, you know, CrossFit is a lot about floor time, worked out, how fast can you do the workout, this and that on top, blah, blah, blah. Coach told me one of my first workouts, he's like, I don't care what that clock says. He's like, I don't give a damn what that clock says. He's like, you get the technique before anything else. He's like, worry about the time. Like, and so. I've read that with NFL players. There have been NFL players who get to their team and have to bench the bar so that the technique of their bench press yep. is correct. You, have to you know, so. There's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. I can bitch. My max bitch probably is a little over 135. It's probably about 140 right now. Okay. Maybe 145. And I weigh about 140. So, Dude, that's what's up. They yeah. always say if you can well, max your body weight, you're in a good spot. Right. But there's been many a day. There's many a days <laughs> where I'm like, I'm just benching the bar today. I'm just benching 75 today. Yeah. I don't even care. Like, with power cleans, I can power clean probably 55 pounds right now. And right now I'm using a 25-pound bar just to make sure my technique is right before I go open weight again. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Shit like that. No, but, um, I, I, I think I think that's that calculated, and it goes back to you. You got a little bit of that aggro in you, and what you're doing is maturing into the calculated aggro. Of right. it ain't just about the passion. Ah, it's about yeah. controlling that, like the fire hose. Can I control all that force coming out of that fire hose? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but so yeah, okay, that was the. That was what I meant to say. So we got done. The match with Brian got done. <laughs> and we, yeah, I thought about it after that. I was like, so one of my friends, she, we met through a mutual friend or whatever. And uh, she, my phone, 
I either turned it off or it died because there's there's a hundred percent chance that it died because my phone always dies. But, <laughs> yeah, like it dies fast is what I'm saying. Uh-huh. So like, but I may have turned it off because I was like, I'm not going to get distracted. This wouldn't fight. So I didn't get to see her after the fight, but she messaged me and was like, that night it was really cold too because it was October, maybe. Maybe November. Can't remember. Matter of fact, this may be the t-shirt right here. I'll look at it later and let you know. But, uh, <laughs> why but, does the date, or why does the month matter? Because it was really cold. <laughs> okay. And she said, so she messaged me and she says, she's like, I'm, she's like, I'm so proud to say that I sat in the freezing cold for seven hours just to watch you compete. Oh, and I was like, oh, I was like, that that makes me happy. It's like that that tells me that like Coach Chris is bigger than me. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. So it's like things like that is like what make me appreciate it even more. Yeah, I'm sure make you want to grind, make you want to perform. And you've said it several times when you're in there, you're thinking about the people who are there for you, not so much. You winning, you're not trying to win for glory. You're trying to almost fight and show skill out of appreciation of the support you've received. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's fucking, so, it, it's awesome. But yeah, so we, we get done with that and I took, it was a while, while after that match before I did anything again. I think I was going to do a grappling tournament and backed out of it for whatever reason, probably money. And then um, something happened where I didn't do anything. And then so I got a, re- I got a rematch with Brian, this time in a boxing ring, which was pretty fun. <laughs> that was it. And you boxed? No, we didn't box. We did a grappling match in the in uh, a box. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Is that weird? Do they put a circle in there, or like, can you roll out of a boxing ring? You can, but I mean, luckily for us, the ropes were tight enough when one of us wasn't going in. When neither one of us was going anywhere, because <laughs> okay. we were in the we were in the dead center of the ring for most of the fight anyway. Gotcha. So, Makes sense. Yeah. And this time it was a, all the winners of that event got belt. So I was like, ooh, fight for my first belt. Yay. Ended up losing that one oh. again. But, you know, again, I love Brian to death. Great human being. Like, I think his dad was in the hospital during fight week that week. So, so I was like, I was happy to see him win that one. And then I took a, I took a lot of, time to like reflect and get better you know start training start training at a different place because I needed something different as far in terms of I need to grow so I stopped training where I was training at and started training at a new place and then um so alright so yeah that's how the show came about Actually, this is, what, <laughs> this is that's what I was trying to get to. I was trying to get to why I mentioned that, but now I know. 
Because that's how the show came about. After that match with Brian, that second match, I was like, all right, I'm kind of tired of grappling because I'm, you know, I'm still getting smashed at grappling because I can't use all my tools. Because if we had some strikes in there, it'd be a little different. So what ended up happening was I'm like, all right, so I know I'm not going to just outright get in the May fights. So what do I do to prove to commissions and to other people that I can that I can fight? You know what I mean? That I can do full-blown MMA. Right. And it just so happens that me and one of my friends were talking about, like, some of the stuff we wanted to achieve for ourselves, like, because it was going into New Year's. And we're like, you know what? We're going to dream chase this year, so you know what? And I was like, you know what? I'm thinking about doing a YouTube show about my life and, you know, trying to make it as a fighter and being an adaptive athlete and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, man, that sounds awesome. He was like, I was like, you want to help me out with it? He's like, yeah, I'll do what I can. He's like, I don't know what, what all I can do, but I can help. Because <laughs> me, me and him both took an editing class in high school, so, like, some basic, you got some basic knowledge. Yeah, we got some basic knowledge. So you're like, we'll, we'll put something together, whatever. So that's kind of how the show came about. And then again, I was like stumbling around looking for names because I was telling everybody I was going to do it. I had already bought the camera. like, So I was like stumbling around with names. And then my cousin, who's pretty much like a little sister to me, she's like, why don't you just use your fight nickname and just call it that? And I'm like, yeah, throw a project at the end of it, man. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna call it Saiyan Soldier Project because it's not me; it's something I'm working on and working towards. Yeah. And I was like, plus, making this will show other adaptive athletes that there's other pathways you can take, and you can become a combative. A combat adaptive athlete, and then when you become a combative combat athlete, you can come see me. Yeah, dude, it's it, it really is a um, I don't know it it the concept's very inspirational. You got to get more episodes, man. You just got your intro. When yeah. did you post the intro? What what the fuck, man? Where's episode two? Episode two is on its way. We're we're having editing issues right uh-huh. now. Air yeah. and opportunity, homeboy. Air and opportunity. Get episode that, two up. You got to get that, rolling with it. You can't have a concept if you're not rolling. I know. I know, man. It's, it's the thing of like, see, we have a buddy that has a podcast. And he has a podcast studio, like not far from us. He's a real good friend of ours. So he's letting us use his studio to edit. Because like I said in the beginning, we had really crappy software to edit. Dude, man, look, so I use, and I feel like the audio on my pods are decent. They're not great. It's not It's not wonderful. But I record off of Zooms. We're recording off of Facebook. I, I throw this shit in GarageBand. I figured out how to like EQ it up. And right. it gets EQ'd, man. I'm not in the fucking studio. I'm in a bedroom. You know, like it's right. just a room. I, I think, man, honestly, people stop things it's almost like when they have children they want everything to be perfect before they have a kid like it's never going to be perfect you just enjoy the process of putting your message out there 
and just yeah. keep putting it out there and modify, get a little better each time versus wanting it to be perfect the next time. Yeah, that's that's something that I have I've had to learn through the process, and that's why again surrounding yourself with good people because. We've been working on the show, and like the first episode, I thought was never gonna come out because everything that we put together, I was like, I was like, I hate it, I hate it, dude. Yeah, man, you gotta let some of that shit go, Matt. Man, man, you gotta just put it out there, and then if you really want this to get out, if you want this to be something where people can see, you gotta be posting pretty regularly about your journey. And man, like yeah. it's it it may not be perfect, but what the fuck is nothing? Yeah, and that's that's the thing is like again, those people that are helping you with the show, are like dude, calm down, it's not gonna be perfect. And I'm like, yeah. okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. Y'all, let's just put it together. And then when we finally put episode one together, it was like, yes, that's exactly what I was looking for. And episode two is looking even better. The thing. Thing about it is, we gotta get. Oh my god! A couple the thing. Once we get, once we get a couple more things in there, it'll be good to go. Uh-huh. All right. Well, and then, the reason, the reason Evan is in episode two is because I put together, I did a grappling tournament. That's the last thing I was gonna get to is, I did a grappling tournament back in December, and all the mat, like I had like six matches that day, then kind of everything went downhill after that because long story short i now have three hundred disc in my neck and i don't know how they got there uh, well from the grappling tournament i'd imagine if you're fucking having I, six matches like that's pretty apparent I, I think i think it was i don't think it was just that though i think it's a combination of other things too gotcha. is what I, is what i'm saying so like yeah it's a it's, I've been slowly climbing back up to competing again, so that's that's the next part of the journey. I got, I'm putting on camera, filming it all for episode for future episodes. Gotcha. But episode two is all about the tournament stuff, so it's going to be pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Well, Matt, man, I um, I I'm so thankful that I got to know you, chat with you. I'm so thankful that I now get to be. A social media part of your life um, from up in Delaware. Uh, I think it's really cool your message. I think it's really cool what you're about, and I think um, your parents, man, um, God rest his soul, your father and your mother, like they've done an amazing job making a very resilient man, right? Raising a resilient man, and I think that's what more could a parent want than their kid to just fucking be a grinder. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know? so, that's that's what I took from them and I think that's what they got out of it. And I think that's <laughs> the main thing that you know what I mean? Like my mom <laughs> my mom even even my mom is sometimes like, bro, slow down. Yeah. She's like, Okay, you you wanna do this and that, but you know, maybe relax a little bit. Yeah, so that was a um, John Thompson. Are you familiar with John Thompson, the Georgetown coach? Uh, yes. Right, he was the big black dude, had the towel over his shoulder, the glasses, and all that. He had a great quote um, that really stuck with me. He was like, and and I might mess up the words, but it's it's easier to rein in a bull 
than resuscitate the dead. Right. And basically it was like, dude, I'd rather have a guy that got too much in him and I got to pull him back than a dude that got nothing in him and I got to pump everything into him. And like, if you're going to have a problem, it's a good problem to have that you're two balls to the wall, that you're two, that you're two all gas, no breaks. Um, But don't hurt yourself at the same time. You know, when you got to train, you, you do have to listen to your body. Um, but man, I just, I I so appreciate you taking the time and letting people get to know more about you and, um, best of luck, man. Keep posting videos, dude. Like make it a regular thing. Set a deadline, see what you got, put it up. Don't make it perfect. Make it you. I'm, I'm working on that. I'm getting better at it. That's what everybody keeps telling me. I'm like, yeah, but y'all don't understand. I have to carry this camera jump everywhere. It's not like I drive. Like, I have to carry it and set it up and all. And I'm also not trying to be in people's way and trying to be annoying to people while I'm recording. Right. So like, all right, man. You know, so. Figure it out. Figure it out. Encourage yourself. It'll be okay. All right, yeah. man. Dude, thank you so much. Um, I can't thank believe. You, um, yeah, dude, no, I really enjoyed it. And um, you have totally ruined my five mile run tomorrow because I had no idea we'd talk till one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I was just, well, if technology like worked like it's supposed to, it'd be 12 30. Yeah, exactly. All right, dude. Enjoy the rest of your night, man. You too, man. You too. It was fun talking to you. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Listeners, search him up. It's Andre Psyche, P-S-Y-C-H-E, on social media. Give my man a follow, just for the fuck of it. Thanks to BetterHelp for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about by going to betterhelp.com slash getting, the number two, no, the letter U. And you, dear listeners, are going to get 10% off your first month. Remember, the link you're looking for is in the description. Thanks to Shady Rays for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Listeners, the promo code getting will get you 25% off your purchase at ShadyRays.com. That's promo code GETTING, G-E-T-T-I-N-G. And if you just want to give us some straight cash money, shout out Randy Moss, you can go to our Patreon and support the pod for as little as $2 a month if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. If you have not already, please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Later.